Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara Kate Elliott, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, LaToya Ferguson. Hey, LaToya. I don't know much about Baywatch, but I do remember one summer when I was visiting cousins in England, there you would watch Baywatch, and there would be this ad for Baywatch that involved a song all about jumping in and saving lives. It was just Baywatch, Baywatch, jumping in and saving lives. I recall only that part of the song. And that's what I know about Baywatch, besides also what friends said. <laughs> hey, Latoya. <laughs> and we are we're on our own today to discuss the really, I mean, rightfully um, ostracizing and I think, uh, like, honestly, mind-boggling episode of Baywatch Nights. <laughs> Nights is for the, uh, the, the adults, kids. Um, it's the season two, episode six, uh, the cabin episode, which is, I guess, this, or this is Das Zeitlock, as the German <laughs> subtitle for it was on the YouTube clip I watched. Like, all right, this is maybe I we should get right to it. This is maybe one of the dumber things we've watched for the show. It's just nonsense. It's truly nonsense. It's about three minutes of plot pulled out to a 45 minute episode of and TV. And it goes into and it was all just a dream or was it at finish? <sighs> that's that's how we end this. So I guess maybe before we go into it we should just discuss our relationship with Baywatch in Well my general. question so real quick saying, is does this none. mean Yeah none. Uh, my question real quick is does this mean that like every Baywatch Nights season 2 episode ended with this, it was just a dream? Uh no it didn't. Because <laughs> it real. So what was the point of this ending with it was just being a dream, but not? Uh, this is because the writers ran out of coke and they didn't have time to get more before the episode <laughs> ended. That's probably allegedly. What allegedly, um, I think it's one of those shows where, um, well, I guess we should get into the more general thing. So I, uh, as I discussed the Latoya before, and I'm still not 100 percent sure why. Um, <laughs> probably something to do with programming in the 90s. I watched a lot of Baywatch, and I think a lot of people did. It feels a little weird to talk about now because it's such a dumb show, um, but it's it was like a staple. Like it was something I watched in blocks of episode after episode. And it's not to say that the original Baywatch show was like high art or anything, but it makes it look like fucking Shakespeare compared to the Baywatch <laughs> Nights. It really does. Like Baywatch was how to describe it. It's sort of like the is if you if you didn't have the patience to follow the long plot and, and and like um mythology of a soap opera, you'd watch Baywatch. It's very similar to a procedural in the sense that like you could watch any episode at any time, but the episodes were always I mean absurdly it was a procedural high. on the beach. <laughs> yes. And they were always absurdly high um, stakes, more than a lot of other procedurals because literally every episode pretty much starts out or ends with life and death because Literally, someone was either drowning or... You, you think about it now, it's like, how could you string out, like, however many seasons they had at Baywatch with Apparently, there are 242 episodes. Yeah, and there's about to be a motion picture. But, like, it's it's one of those things that was much more about the interworkings of the um, uh, office. It was kind of like an office comedy that happened to take place at the beach. Like, it sounds absurd, but it's sort of like... Um, it, it's almost like the beach episodes of Saved by the Bell... They're campy. They're stupid. I think you're giving it too much credit as like a uh, like a camp vehicle. I would say that was more what like the parody Son of the Beach did on FX than Baywatch. Well, itself. I've seen more clips from Baywatch that would say that they were taking it seriously. No, no, no. I, I shouldn't say that. Yes, I don't mean to say that it's campy on purpose. It was campy in retrospect. Like it is the kind of show where they were very serious. 
but it was always kind of it was it was light it wasn't like a, a very very dramatic show it was more it's like a melodrama like soap opera kind of style but it happened <laughs> to be at the beach which is kind of you know, it would cut to the beach. You'd be like, ooh, the beach. And when you're young, and personally, and I live in a landlocked area, it was like, wow, this is so, like, uh, ritzy and expensive, even though it was, like, a fucking beach. Like, it looks not great in retrospect. It looks kind of like, ugh. But it was kind of like while you watch, like, a show where it's set at a summer camp, or you watch a show that's set in the mountains. You want to watch, like, a different version of what life is like, and that's kind of what this show, that show was. It was, like, how people live when they're at the beach. Then, like, the other part of it was always, like, the weird, like, political side of, like, you know, like, we gotta get the boat and save these lives. It was always weirdly, like, about, like, again, the office politics of trying to get everybody... I don't even really remember what the plots were on Baywatch, per se, but I just remember a lot of, like, going into the boss's office and arguing about whether or not they're allowed to do something. Like, that happened once an episode. Truly. And I loved... It was always someone arguing against a guy who was in, like, breakaway pants. <laughs> like, that's the kind of style of, like... I can't let you do that. And he's, like, wearing a windbreaker. <laughs> it's just very, like, ridiculous. But that's all to say that Baywatch Nights came along because at some point they thought this is such a, you know, slam dunk hit. And David Hasselhoff was such a, I guess, icon at the time, which sounds, again, a little absurd in retrospect, but he was truly, like, a huge... I mean, I don't know about you. Did you also, like, did that reach you, Latoya? Not really. I recall him being the butt of jokes, pretty much, and things, but... But I feel like at the time, he was like... I mean, look, it's like this. You don't like Ryan Seacrest, but you have to acknowledge that he's fucking got money and doing his... Doing doing work. Like, he's... Some people, you don't like what they're doing, but they're just... They're good at what they, they do. I feel like, like he I can't even work. remember, like, a piece of pop culture I would have watched at the time that would have, like, had me really exposed to David Hasselhoff. Well, it's not I just think, a butt of jokes, honestly. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things, too, that, like, in retrospect, it was, like, it was one of those things, it was, like, this is a national, like, what were we thinking moment, where it was, like, everyone was obsessed with this show, but, like, it was also, like, it was not just, the, it was, like, popular to the point where, like, people were obsessed with it. It, like, it ran for a long time, and it had, like, several spinoffs, or at least, like, it, iterations, and it, I think... David Hasselhoff, even though he's not the most attractive person, it's just, like, when someone's there all the time, like, showing up is half of it. Like, truly, I think, like, him being that present was, like, wow, he is pretty, like, present all the time. Which is not, you know, something to, like, write home about, necessarily, but it's certainly... It helped, like, keep him in the national zeitgeist for, like, a whole block of time. It's weird, because I feel like, despite the fact that it wasn't even on when I was uh, born... Like, I obviously syndication, but I feel like I knew more Hasselhoff from Knight Rider anyway. Like, I would see more of that than I ever saw of Baywatch, just from reruns. Yeah, I don't I mean, I look, I may be too close to this. I don't you know. are clearly I too close to this. That's not even the question. I do think it was a really popular show. Oh, no, though. you I, are right. But, like, okay. also, it was very easy to avoid, too. I mean, this, this show also, like, it got, it, it moved to Hawaii at one point, too, which were also, like, not gonna get into because it was almost irrelevant but like did it move it to hawaii was, what, or it like did, it, it moved failed. to hawaii and like the or did middle, it fail at moving to hawaii That's what i think I was it, it might have come back but it definitely moved there for a long time because it was it, it became hyphen hawaii um and there was like all these kind oh of wait never mind things. i was looking at the the australian one that's the one that yeah. failed and it was like 
it was very much about, like, the relationship, like, everyone was fucking constantly, like, everyone was, like, having, like, cheating with each other, or, like, a relationship, and, like, there was always these crazy, like, national, like, like, truly, like, national crises, like, there was, um, I think there was an earthquake at one point in in a couple episodes, and it was very, like, you know, I think it it was kind of weirdly, like, uh, environmental in a weird way, because it had to go... I had to deal so much with the beach being a huge character in the show, which is what's so strange about, like, I mean, not to get too much further into Baywatch itself, because that's its own show, we could probably do an episode of that sometime, but, like, this is relevant because when you talk about Baywatch, and then you talk about Baywatch Nights, they're two entirely different shows, and Baywatch Nights could not have, this entire episode we watched takes place in a cabin in the woods, it has nothing to do with the beach, he shows up at the beach at some point, but, like, Honestly, where's the Bay Watch even include like the actual Bay watching? There's nothing there to watch. So it it's has like to do with it. CSI Cyber, where there's no CSI. Yes, it makes zero sense. But so basically, what happens? Uh, we should go into I guess Bay Watch Nights as as a bigger picture. So as a spinoff. The original like the, the the premise of this show is basically Mitch Buchanan, who's David Hasselhoff, decides to quit his job as a. And there was an actual cop who was like on the who worked on the beach. He was the resident police officer of Baywatch, and then he's the one who apparently during a midlife crisis, they add, he decided to quit his job as police officer and form a detective agency, and then Mitch joined him to support him. And also, there's also a separate detective, which we'll get into, played by a very young, very um, terrible, in this in this role, Angie Harmon. Who, who she plays... calls herself a scientist in this episode, and I'm like, wait, what? She's a scientist. This is a literally quote, I'm a scientist. And I do believe in the paranormal. <laughs> you are not a scientist. Wait, wait, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Look, look. Dana Scully believes in both two at times, but you have to understand it's not like you're going to sell yourself as saying, I'm a scientist who loves supernatural stuff. You're not always like saying, a scientist in the synopsis, girl. No, it's just, it's, it's just, oh, God. And then so, in general, it, it's one of those, it's one of those spinoffs that I think they were trying for something similar to the original but they were trying for a darker version where it was more detective based in like the streets of the beach <laughs> it was like what was it that uh apparently Hasselhoff he still worked at Baywatch but like it was during the day and then at night he was a PI because you can't do PI work in the day I guess I mean at the same time it's also just I think because <laughs> David Hasselhoff wanted to cash two checks I'm sure he was probably working both at the same time I don't know mm-hmm. for sure but Regardless, like it's basically just as if someone walked off their their life life uh what do you call them the lifeguard tower and then like hopped in their car and then started cruising the streets for crime. That's basically what's going on, and it's like the theme song is after the sun goes down, so like it's not subtle. There's a season two theme song which we'll get to, which is the more the nights will never be the same, which is like really relevant because we're gonna get into why season two is so insane, but. I just, I, it, I think where this started out was kind of like the older brother of the original Baywatch, where it was like, ooh, this is like a little bit, it almost kind of has a vibe like they were trying for a Silk Stockings or something, where it was yeah. like, ooh, this is so like risque, everyone's wearing these like leisure suits and they're at the mm-hmm. beach, and it's like, ooh, which we'll get into his silk vest at one point, yeah. I hope. But like, then season two rolls around. And I think this is relevant because season two, having watched it, I don't, again, I don't know why I was such a huge diehard for Baywatch, I don't know why but either. I was, <laughs> I fucking was. I don't know. 
Um, but, like, when season two rolled around for the Baywatch Nights, and I think I watched this live. I can't say for sure, but I definitely watched it in repeats, so I definitely watched it, like, live. Um, just, I don't know if it was on time with it literally starting. But this is also, remember, back in the, um, early, like, early, I guess you say 1990s or early 2000s when it was repeating. This is before Twitter, before even a lot of online press. So, when you tuned into a show, it's kind of the first time you saw what was happening. It's, like, live. So I remember turning this on and saying, whoa, 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 ghosts are real? Because <laughs> this is really how season two begins, is they, I mean, I mean, we can get right into it, basically. The first episode of the second season goes right into the insanity because they introduce a literal sea monster. And that's something that, like, not only did they literally decide to keep it about the beach, they decided to just bring monsters into it. And I remember watching that thinking, like, well, because I think, from what I remember about that episode, it starts out with this random sunken freighter, and there's a woman inside of it, and there's a lot of, like, I saw a sea monster, I saw a sea monster, and everyone's like, alright, let's just, like, let's just research this, you're clearly disturbed, or whatever the case, and she's having a hard time dealing with it, and then, like, they get further into the episode thinking, like, this is a little crazy, right? And it kind of comes across, like, I've seen plenty of episodes of shows, especially, like, a show, say, like, Castle, or, um... You mean Castle, which proved time travel was real? Well, that's a different... Well, that's what I'm saying, though. It's very similar. Where it goes up to the edge, where it's... uh, Well, we should say pre-time travel castle, I guess. But it goes right up to the edge where it's like, is this real? Wink. And it's like, that's where this was going. It was very much, you know, an absurd plot in an episode that could just be, you know, someone calling, like, um, pretending, like, oh, this is a sea monster when really it was just a big squid or something, or some reasonable explanation. There are plenty of X-Files episodes that are basically this. Like, it's not, not that it's not, like, you know, mythological, it's just, it's pretty plain and it's more of, like, a fact of life instead of some big monster. (laughs) But in this episode, it literally introduces a New Guinea sea monster. And then, if that wasn't enough, and you weren't like, wait a minute, I'm watching a show about the beach and then a a sea monster is literally being shown... Then, like, it keeps going. There's, like, a half-fish, half-human, uh, like, I guess you That sounds like, like a sea monster woman. to me. There was, like, another, basically, sea monster? Yeah, and she's intent on having a baby. <laughs> I'm just gonna go right down the list of, like, random stuff. <sighs> then on an oil then on an oil rig, they encounter a gelatinous sea monster. <laughs> There's a bit of a, uh, How many goddamn sea monsters are on this show? Listen, it's called Baywatch Nights. The first three Rob episodes, Lowe. okay, the first three episodes of the season are basically variations of a sea monster. Yeah, because well, they're at the beach. They get, they gotta, they gotta get you in. They're not at the <laughs> beach though. They're not really, but like, they gotta bring you in with something you you feel normal about, which is the beach. And then they add monsters, and then they move off the beach, and they keep the monsters. So the, the fourth episode is about a young man who has a connection <gasps> to the Roswell incident. Please read is... the description for episode seven. Yes, I will. And then. <laughs> Should I just gap um, that? <laughs> yes. So then they're also this is the one we'll we'll go back to in the future. Well, before that, sorry. There's also the there's a black arts being committed in the woods. There's an occult bookshop episode. We're gonna talk about the cabin episode where they go back in time because that literally happened. Wait, that's um, what, that's what they said is happening. Not just yeah, like, ghosts like ripples. Is like they're saying that they're actually time traveled. Yep, the episode that we watched. The synopsis is Mitch and Ryan enter a cabin that takes them back in time. <laughs> Isn't that what you watched, Latoya? I don't know what I watched. <laughs> and then the next episode, which Latoya guessed that, 
is, I think, right? Uh, yeah. Mitch is shocked that a child he saved six years ago is now part of a Haitian voodoo cult. <laughs> like, this is the kind of, like, like sold out that they're doing. Is they're, like, literally, like, oh, some, oh, some well, child he saved on the beach. You haven't explained why they did the change to Baywatch Nights. Because as a youth, you wouldn't understand, but the, the, the Wikipedia explains why they did the change. Well, because of the X-Files, I'd imagine, right? Yes. It was because yes. the ratings sucked. <laughs> So they're like, last guest effort was, well, X-Files is popular. Let's just do that. But like, you know, Without pretend it's not Alice. exactly the exact same thing by adding the beach as this character. So I've been watching uh, a lot of Sybil lately. And really, these, like, this show reminds me of, like, all the fake shows Sybil would, like, audition for or, like, be have, like, terrible guest spots in. And they're, like, so terrible. It's, like, at the point I'm in season three, she's currently... On like a an X Files ripoff too, so it's like this is perfect. Yeah, I feel perfect like timing. that's one of those things that if you weren't, uh, I mean, I guess we were both alive, so we both know it. But if you weren't alive in the time when the X Files hit, it hit like almost nothing has ever hit before. Like, it, it truly was one of those shows that like redefined television. Truly, it was. It's like unlike they watch nights. It was very much like the <laughs> unlike they watch nights. It did not redefine television. <laughs> But it truly, like, it, it. it's not that it wasn't just popular. It literally had whole shows being changed just to try and mirror it. That's how close it was. Um, and then I'll go through a couple of the random plot synopsis before we end. There's uh, another episode where a woman, uh, Ryan suspects that a woman that she admitted saw commit a murder is a vampire. Um, of course. There's an episode where a space shuttle accidentally dropped in a farmer's field. What does that have to do with, you know, Baywatch? I don't know. <laughs> Um, there's a possessed serial killer episode. This is the, oh, the one we almost the, watched, the but then I watched one. some of it. Yeah, I didn't want to watch that because it looked terrible after you watched, like, five minutes. But there's another episode where two 900-year-old Vikings awaken from their frozen slumber on a, on a from a boat and then resume their feud in Los Angeles. It was unbearable to watch because literally, like, 30 minutes of the episode is them frozen with, like, hair dryers Can on Can you them. please read the description for the episode Ascension? Because... Yeah, I don't really see how this is anything supernatural and not just racist. <laughs> ah, Mitch, Ryan, and T are faced with the torture devices that are controlled electronically by an Asian woman. Like what? Oh, God, this is That's there's like... a parallel universe. One episode, wolf attacks. What I guess is supposed to be like a a werewolf Whoa. attack. I guess who knows? They don't even say it. In the, the also, these episode titles like the Mobius and Zargtha. <laughs> it's so stupid. There's, like, a mummy that comes to life. I mean, possessed by a demon. Possessed by a demon. <laughs> right, goes through a vortex and emerge 20 years in the future. Uh, and then they go on the search for a desert one that makes people go insane. Like, that's a stupid episode. The episode called Hot Wind. Yeah. Is this about the Santa Ana winds? Probably. And it makes people go insane. Um, we'd love. We should put that, um, uh, yes, we should put that in the show notes. Just to say that this, is where I, this is where I drop Jack Black's, like, score. <laughs> we're just like, uh, and then Ryan disappears into a haunted restaurant. <laughs> so, Mitch enlists the native of a psychic to find her. Like, this is where I'm talking. Like, this is, And somehow that episode titled A Thousand Words. Because, you like, know, a picture's is, worth a thousand words, I'm guessing. This is, this is the kind of show that, like, it built itself it's as, like, this adult, like, you know, uh, procedural, whatever the case may be. It was basically, like, Goosebumps for adults. It was not as good, though. Like, Goosebumps, it was good because it was, like, they were based in, like, little kid fears and, like, like you felt like, oh, someone's, like, writing about what my life's like, even though I'm not supernatural. This is, for adults, 
there are other shows doing that, but way better. So why are they even? Even Are You Afraid this? of the Dark was honestly scarier than Goosebumps. Yeah. Let's be honest, people. And better plots, like more more realistic plots. Like this is it was hard to follow this episode. We're going to talk about in a second. Like I had to reread and re like watch certain parts of the synopsis to try and figure out what was going on. Um, but so okay, let's get into this episode. I, I we only we only preface it with so much of the backstory because again, this is like three minutes worth of plot. But um, this episode starts out with a random woman running through the fog. A random um, idiot. This is, yeah. I was at my blackest yell at the screen moments watching <laughs> this. She was so dumb. <laughs> and it she, is... she ran at, like for two seconds and then she fell down a bunch of stairs. She was running and he was like walking very slowly and he was still kept catching up with her. At one point, she when she falls outside, she just keeps yelling, please, 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 please. Then she finally starts running, like, oh, you could have done that the whole time? And then he kills her. Like, it's not that I ever want to get chased around the house by a murderer, but I do feel like if that ever happened to me, I would deal with it in a more realistic way. I just, I never, I've, I don't, it's rare to see it on TV in a way that you actually would do, th- like, the only thing, I, I this do think. like, th- aggressively, like, all the worst tropes, pretty much. Yeah, like, she falls down the stairs, and, like, first of all, you shouldn't really be, like, letting him know where you're at so you should be running quietly up the stairs or whatever the case like it, and then have a weapon i mean there's usually at least some kind of weapon they can't walk by these candlestick things they could have grabbed the candlestick like it was all kinds of like stupid stuff like nothing about this was even remotely realistic and it was right from the beginning very at, hard to understand what she was even doing at she least just tripping down the stairs later when hasselhoff and angie Harmon are like running away from the guy like th- they make sense in their in how they're running away basically it's the opposite of what this rando was doing. Well, she I don't even know how she got out, because we'll get to how, how the other ones get out later on. She doesn't seem to have the, the aid in getting out of the time vortex or whatever the hell it is. But she does. And then she proceeds to stunt roll like a fucking boss. Whoever that stunt actor was, she rolls for like 30 minutes. <laughs> all the way down the hill, all the way on the stairs. After, all the way after the she went about a, a million steps. And yes. yet she still wasn't going fast enough to get away from him. <laughs> And then this, like, I don't, he looks like a prospector or something. Like, this old, like, 1800s, like, I don't know how to describe him otherwise. Like, he was mining for gold. Yeah, a prospector. And then he comes flying out with a fire axe, which, uh, I, at the time, I thought it was a hammer. Because, again, poor lighting. Like, there are certain parts of the I just assumed it was a pickaxe. Really... And then, I guess, like, yeah, the later scene was like, I guess it's a fire axe, right? Yeah, but it's like, you gotta. Also, like, why do they have a fire axe? Like, it, Little things like that, like, what? Also, that means that those firefighters kept an axe from a, a brothel? Like, what? And All the people were murdered? Give, what firefighters give away their axes? Yeah, I had questions about that. I had questions about the fact that, like, that means that when the firefighters, I guess, came after this guy murdered all these people, which we'll get to, but that means that he kept an axe. They, they decided to keep an axe that and axe frame it. That axe is evidence of murder. Exactly! That's what I mean! Like, how did they... <laughs> he murdered all these people. The thing is, it's a dream. Or was oh, it? Good fucking god! No, the the axe part wasn't. So that, that part of it was what hurt him in the first place. Well, no, I know this. The, the thing, this axe could be something else, like a different yeah. axe, because that was <laughs> all just a dream. Else. What does it mean? But so this girl, I guess she gets. I, I still, I, I, I remember dead. her she's getting terrible. <laughs> this begins the, the moment where this this episode of TV, and I guess Baywatch Nights at Large, is kind of like televised Ambien because I was watching this scene. 
And I truly, like, started to forget what I was doing as I was watching it. And I had to literally pause it and go back to the beginning three times just to follow You had to watch the terrible scene three times? Yes, and even though nothing happens, it's all silent. It's all her just running and him running after her with an axe. Yelling, please. It's it's shocking. Not even defining what please what because yeah, and this the dissolves are so like immediate that you kind of can't follow what's going on until the artistic nature of Baywatch Nights. There were so many unnecessary (sighs) Dutch angles. Oh my god! And it's and the dissolves were it was like their first time using I guess iMovie didn't exist, but. It was something to the equivalent of iMovie, and it was, like, unwatchable at points. Like, there's a point where, like, during those, like, you know, looking through the vortex where they're going to connect hands, where I couldn't see what was going on, and I truly was, like, trying to watch it. I'm yeah, like, there were just random distorted images for no reason throughout this. <laughs> and I love that, like, for, this is kind of, I guess, inside baseball for people who use Photoshop, but when the, when the uh, prospector dude comes running at her with the axe when he actually does murder her... Um, he literally becomes posterized, like the filter. Like, yeah, it's a literal posterized filter, and it becomes like almost like a painting. Oh, it's so bad. Like it's maybe the time it looked cool, but oh my god, it, come on! Like I don't remember. I mean, I I don't think I liked this show. I remember watching it and thinking this is stupid. I'm about to be watch, <laughs> but like I, although I do, I feel like I remember more alligators. There wasn't a ton of alligators. What? But I feel like what about someone... alligators? What are you talking about alligators for now? I remember there being alligators in the episode that I watched at one point. Maybe what? I'm wrong on that. Are you sure it wasn't I, a it sea monster? It doesn't make sense. It's Southern California, but are you no, sure it wasn't was a sea alligator. monster? I don't know. I think there was an alligator episode. I think it was weird because it was out of it. It was, shouldn't have been where it was or whatever. Anyway, but like this episode, it was just all like weird Dutch angles and filters and stuff. So I'm pretty sure that was probably every episode though, because remember it's supposed to be spooky. Right, and it was, I guess it was somewhat more common then, but I don't think X Files had this many. X Files no, had some was Dutch a good angles. Show. Yeah, and exactly. it knows when to use these angles. Right, and I think this is one of those things where it just comes across like. They were trying to do something different, mm-hmm. so they used all the filters because they because were it was trick you into cool thinking and popular. It was new. Yeah, yeah. And this is before those filters like, became like the kind of thing you could use on Microsoft front page or something. Like, yeah, it's like one of those things where it's basically, well, hey, this thing's popular, and you don't know, like, you don't know the real reason why it's popular. You just like you have a surface reason, basically. Like that, this should work, right? There, there are monsters. Okay, we can do that. <sighs> and and. We don't really know for sure this guy's a ghost until later on, but it's certainly implied heavily that he's a ghost. I mean, we basically know once uh, Daryl shows up to talk about ghosts, I guess. Well, yeah, let's get into this. So, okay, so. Uh, cut from that, mur- that murdered woman to uh, Hasselhoff shows up with a fire axe. One of the um, and- fire axes of all time. He's really <laughs> and he says- psyched about this axe. And he says to Angie Harmon, uh, this is a souvenir that the fire department got from, uh, I guess, they don't say where it was from, but we know it's from a, a murder site, basically. But it, uh, maybe this is, that's in his head. So but he got wait, it from the firefighter. It's it from wouldn't the 1890s. Even be, because it's a ghost, it wouldn't even be the fire axe from, like, what we just saw either. Because that's like, that's like a ghost axe that can murder people anyway. So the original axe that like, he killed those people with, that would have had... Like, had have been in police lockup for years until the firefighter stole it. Now, I guess you could say maybe evidence... Does, does evidence maybe eventually go to other people? Like, does it become public at some Not point? to firefighters, to give to civilians. <laughs> 
But I'm wondering, like, say, like, the evidence in, like, the fucking Jack would, the Ripper case or something. It would probably be, like, a museum, though. Again, not exactly. firefighters. You just give it a round. But I will say, maybe instead of going to a museum, it went to the firefighters. But then they would never give this to, like, fucking Mitch Buchanan, some schmuck from, like, East L.A. Like, it doesn't make exactly. any sense. Like, it, I would totally buy them giving it to the firefighters because it was a fire fire axe from the 1890s or whatever. Mm-hmm. So maybe they want to display it in the fire with, like, a little plaque that says, this is from the 1890s. They don't realize oh, it's a murder oh. weapon. But... What a dick move from the cops, then. Like, maybe there's a blood feud between the cops and the <laughs> firefighters that we don't know Let's about. Let's get into that. I wish there was more of that instead of <laughs> whatever we watched in this episode. Way more interesting that cops are either letting firefighters take evidence or uh, evidence is being stolen by firefighters from, like, hundreds of years it's ago. It's like a prank war. An <laughs> intense yeah, prank and... war. Oh, so many people die. And so, like... This this he shows up with this axe and they say that he got it for pulling a kid out of the car on pulling a kid from a burning car on the PCH, which is like I understand that maybe they would say like good job, Mitch, but they would not give you an axe as thank you. <laughs> what? Uh, and, it, and then it, and then in his attempt to hang it to display it, I guess because he's proud of his fucking axe. He just like literally jumps on a couch and starts trying to bang it against the wall, and it's like what yeah, are you he doing? puts it. Like, a, first of all, he's like, I'm going to put up this picture that is here. And he tells Angie Harmon to get some nails and a hammer. Because that's her job. And he holds it there like he's waiting for her to go get that. And I'm like, well, anyone who's ever hung anything knows you don't hang it while you're holding the thing. You, like, measure where it's supposed to go. Then you put the nails in. And then you hang it afterwards. It's like hanging a picture. You can't hang a picture by just nailing a picture to the wall. You have to put the nail in first and then hang the picture on the nail. Like, I don't buy for a second this man saved a small child from a burning car. <laughs> He's not even <laughs> able to hang an axe properly. Why is no he doing that way. and not the firefighters? <sighs> Honestly, you'd be better off just handing it to Angie Harmon and saying, can you take care of this? Because <laughs> I bet you she can handle it. She's but a so scientist, he, you know. Just, he starts to hang it, and of course, he's so discombobulated and, and poor at, like, the basic... Even though he's a fucking lifeguard, he's so poor at, like, hand-eye coordination, he immediately drops it, bonks himself on the head, and, like, almost, like, like passes out with a concussion. Yeah, he apparently okay? gives himself a concussion, which we assume, but we get confirmation on later. Yeah, at first he just seems kind of mixed up, and then he walks out of the episode eventually, but, like, it is ridiculous for a grown man like honestly as they were showing that i'm like look and it's with the axe side too that it lands on his head yeah <laughs> like he could have gotten murdered he could have murdered himself with an axe from the 1890s but truly like i know this is a little bit like you know one-sided or something but like i, I immediately lost all respect for him because i was like <laughs> i can't take someone seriously who just accidentally hit himself over the head <laughs> From above with an axe. Oh, yeah. Like, and then, uh, like, Angie Harmon comes to, like, check on him. And I'm like, oh, wait, no. Are they, like, having a thing? Because, come on, he just hit himself on the head with an axe. He's such an idiot. Oh, God. It's just, like... And then, so, instead of, like, saying, what's wrong with you? She's just like, are you okay? Oh, my God. And then she tries to help him. And he's like, it's, it's fine. It's fine. And then um, the lovely... Uh, Dor- it's Dorian Gray, right? But we'll call him Daryl. Dor- Dorian like, Gregory. Gregory, Not sorry. Dorian Gray. Dorian Gray. <laughs> Honestly, he hasn't aged, though, if so I show, think I'm hey, right. If the show had gone on, there would have been a Dorian Gray episode. 
Hell yeah, there was. <laughs> and he is fantastic. He's awful in this episode, but always a delight. Um, <laughs> like, I feel like he did a lot of that on Charmed, too. Like, a lot of Charmed was pretty ridiculous, and he always But he doesn't have to delight. speak absolute nonsense that, like, just made my eyes glaze over on Charmed. Here, it's like, what are you saying? These aren't, they don't make any sense. It's funny, though, to watch the difference in casting. I feel like casting has a huge role in this, because he, again, is a delight, but horribly miscast i think because he comes across as this very serious person playing a ridiculous person like he is he is a consummate like everyman kind of thing and then he's talking like about ghosts and this and that it's like i don't buy that someone like that the whole point of like daryl the yeah really he charmed is that he's like that makes no sense i'm too normal for this bullshit and, and instead of this, he's the goofy, like, sci-fi guy. Yeah, apparently he's the paranormal expert. And he, like, acts like he's their boss, really. I guess they're not he doing comes, anything else. He has so much more authority over both of them by the way that he acts all the time. Because he's fucking Dorian Gregory. Like, he comes across like a cop. Or he comes across like a, like, I don't know, like a boss or something. Like, very, very, like, reasonable. And so when you when he's saying these things, and first of all, I'm immediately like, okay, I guess ghosts are real because <laughs> Dorian Gregory's telling yeah. me they're real. He's I believe like, him. I'm here to talk to you guys about the things that go bump in the night. Who, first of yeah. all, who starts a conversation like that? But yeah, then he's like, uh, hey, you believe in ghosts? And they're like, nope. Okay, here, meet me at this haunted house. And then I love leave. it. Love him. Love him showing up. Literally, like opener. Hey, do you believe in ghosts? <laughs> it's like I want to be that person who just walks around asking people if they believe in ghosts. And then he literally says, great, I need a skeptic, because it's, like, it's not a real ghost ghost hunt without a skeptic, in, in his his words. And then, um, on the ride over, I guess for some reason, um, Angie Harmon decides to go. She doesn't really explain why, she just says that she, she should be there, because she's also a scientist who believes in this. So, I guess that's her reason. She wasn't really invited, though. <laughs> so, like, well, so has to read the dictionary definition of a ghost. <laughs> yeah, on the ride over, she... I could not be more serious. She literally defines what a ghost is as if she's reading, I guess, out of a dictionary or something like a, a quick explainer, like ghost for dummies. She literally says the, the dictionary soul. definition of ghost is. Then oh, she brings up, the, she says the word necromancer to, of, of course, uh, Hasselhoff says sounds dirty. And I'm, Which I'm, is like, no, it doesn't. Honestly, dude, no, it doesn't. It does not sound dirty. Necromancer sounds like evil, if anything. <laughs> it doesn't sound dirty. Also, like, is that where his head's at? Like, necromancer? Is he finds, like, necromancer? Of course, he wants like, to sexy? do her, because he thinks they have... She, he thinks she's attracted to him, apparently. I feel like it says way more about him than he meant to, because if he finds that kind of a word, like, sexy or whatever, I'm like, dude, you've got issues. He's a dumb lifeguard who somehow became a private investigator. I don't think he took the exam or did any of the requisite hours. Honestly, like, it kind of explains his entire M.O. Because a lifeguard is someone who's literally, like, making out with dead people. So, I oh that's kind of his thing. Was, not, those were Morris' um, words, not mine. I never I'm not said saying that. it's a bad thing they save lives. I'm saying that it just says that if he's so obsessed with dead people, there's a reason why he finds necromancer to be a sexy word. Everyone just turned off this podcast. I hope you know that. <laughs> God bless you. They're like, done with you. Like, but so he he believes in he believes in like I guess the idea of ghosts, but he's still a skeptic. He, it's weird because even for a skeptic, he seems completely on board with it. Like he's you know, he's I guess, but also like this is also the sixth episode of this of this series so far into the season. He's seen several sea monsters as we discussed. <laughs> Maybe he's, he's seen sea monsters. He hasn't seen ghosts though. He just he's um, seen sea monsters. Dude, if I see a sea monster, all bets are off. <laughs> Come on. If that's real, 
I don't know. Honestly, there's are the images? I, I still can't get over there being three different sea monster stories to start a season. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's such bad plotting. It's insane. At least mix them up into the yeah, season. Yeah, spread them out. It was just every week a sea monster. <laughs> Honestly, I guess the show was like, maybe we could do that every week. And then we're like, all right, guys, this is too much. We got we to mix it up a little bit. But, like, realistically, I mean, look... I'm a skeptic in most ways, but there are certain images about, like, the fucking giant squids that make me feel like shit's weird. I don't fully know what's going on down down the ocean, so I'm not gonna make any, like, crazy proclamations that, like, giant squids and sea monsters aren't real, because I don't fucking know, but at the same time, he is, like, you know, I've seen this stuff, and I'm just so ready to say ghosts are not real. And I was like, <laughs> if I lived in the world that you live in... Anything could be possible at that point. Because you don't see a gelatinous sea monster and think, like, everything's pretty normal. <laughs> like, whatever. And okay. I think even the Roswell episode dealt with aliens, so he definitely seen some shit. So now for my question. Obviously, so Dorian Gregory was just like, hey, meet me at this house. Don't go in until I get there. Which they do address. But did he say that they were spending, like, the weekend or something? Because they have right? snacks. They're really they have like snacks. A, a, like a fun friend weekend at the time. At this cabin, it's so. No one told them to bring that. And I, I picture it like when they when they start talking about they have snacks. I'm like, what? And I'm like, what do they have snacks for? I thought like maybe they meant to throw stuff away, and they pull out like huge grocery bags full like, of snacks. I'm I like, assumed we were just doing like a reading or something and checking levels. I didn't think they were gonna be. Why did they think we were spending an entire weekend there? Like, what is this wrong turn or something? <laughs> I don't understand what's going on. And I think that, like, in general, they came across, like, oh, we're just gonna have a good time while he looks for these ghosts. But, like, she believes in ghosts, so why does she think it's okay to bring this stuff? Like, it certainly came across, like, you don't understand what you're walking into at all. Which I guess is the vibe you're supposed to get from it. But it just came, it just seems... Like they're idiots? Honestly, it felt, it felt rude. <laughs> to be <laughs> honest, it hit my rude sense where I'm like, it's not your house. Like, you should, you should ask before you walk in with a bunch of food and start making yourself at home. I was so creeped out by that. And also, like, is it trespassing? I don't know. Like, I, I felt like, obviously, he's there on a ghost hunt, but, like, I'd wait for the dude that invited me, because you don't they know if he has permits. very comfortable with the entire house. Like, when they went inside, and Andy Harmon just pulled that jug out of the fridge. This haunt, by the way, this haunted cabin that is not dusty has full electricity. Come on. I have questions about that, too. How did they put electricity into it? How'd they do yeah. that? Where did this refrigerator come from? Because that did not come from the 1890s, by the way. I, I just don't know. I don't understand it at all. I guess someone might have lived there, but then they would have had to have eventually gone in the basement. I yeah, whose cabin was like? Was it at that point? I don't know. <laughs> I'm so confused by it. And why did they bring snacks? But so when they pull up, they they step outside the car, and of course you get uh, Hasselhoff in his like silk vest over a dress shirt because it's it's 1998 or whatever, and um he. He, she says to him, you sure this is the place? And he goes, let me check, yep. And I was like, wait a minute, what? Because I think it was just to be like him being like smart, like a smart ass or something, but it just came across it's, like... You just like stepped in front of a cabin. You're not sure this is the cabin. I just... I don't know if it was the way he read the line. Like, like he misunderstood, like... <laughs> like like disappointed or whatever, <laughs> but it was like it. It came across like let me check. Yep. Like oh, you should take a space between that, dude. Like you don't just say let me check. Yep, this is it. <laughs> and then um, 
Harmon just starts walking. Like, she doesn't care. She's like, well, I'm just going to go in because I'm not Your waiting bag is fat. You're, a, you're a wuss. And he's like, I'm not a wuss. So they go inside together. The windows won't open, which immediately I'd be like, I'm going back outside because I'm not going to be in an old dusty cabin with no windows open. But he's That's like, I'm going to bust these windows open, basically is what he says. And he gets the one window open, and of course it slams the front door closed because of the wind or some spooky wind. And then he notices there's a hallway with, like, the light, I guess, and that hallway he doesn't see the light underneath yet, but he opens the door to, the whole layout is a little confusing. I think it's supposed to be, like, a basement door or a bathroom door, but it's neither. It's, like, a hallway that has another door that has another, like, entry to, like, a separate part of the house. So, like, there's the main entrance, there's a living room, then there's a random door that could go to the basement or, I guess, like, a... A closet or something. That door opens into like a little office room that has a second door that's lit under the under the doorway with the door jam, and it's like someone's down there like singing and shit. <laughs> like it's real weird. And so like Hasselhoff goes through one door and then to the other door without even saying like, "Hey, I know yeah. we're in this haunted house. Uh, Let me tell you where I'm going." Well, by the way, just wanders away. <laughs> they're singing "Oh My Darling Clementine," and there's just so many unnecessary right. Dutch angles in this entire uh. scene. And it's, like, that creepy, like, ugh, like, you know how, like, a couple years ago, someone figured out, that, I think it was mostly, to be honest, um, David Fincher figured out that if you slowed down people singing a song for kids, it's creepy as hell, and it's, like, the, well, I guess creep isn't a song for kids, but, like, you know, sl- sl- like, slowing down a song from the 90s mm-hmm. and kids singing it sounds creepy. Yeah. So, this isn't a kid singing it, but it's, like, a woman singing it, but it's certainly, like, a, a slowed down song suddenly sounds like, immensely creepy, so it's, like... Oh my darling, oh my darling, oh my darling. <laughs> oh great, Morris singing again, guys. But it's it's like I I, I only say that because it's like not a normal like oh my darling. It's like creepy in a weird way, and he gets drawn to it. But like, look, you're here because of ghosts. You hear someone singing "Oh my darling, Clementine" in an abandoned cabin. You don't go toward it. <laughs> the window sealed. I would just at least call for backup. Like, that's the minimum of what you do is say, hey, something weird's going on here. I mean, he does that, but he doesn't stop and wait. Like, he just says, this is a little weird. And then, I mean, we'll get into it as he moves throughout the basement. One of the weirder things that happens is that he's able to converse with Angie Harmon as if she's in the room with him the entire yeah, episode. Okay. Like, they don't have, like, earpieces or communicators, yet they were having... crazy. <laughs> I don't know what this technology was it wasn't i think it was supposed to be that he was basically just behind the door and he hasn't really gone anywhere so she can hear him if she yells but it makes no sense because she's technically two doors deep if you if you forget that he opened one door saw a second door that was lit so she's still two doors deep away from him two doors down (laughs) oh yes she's three doors down um uh and he's He's, I guess, audible in the sense that, like, he's a grown man. If he's, if he's shouting, she could hear him. But, like, they're able to talk as if they're a, a foot away from each other. And it makes no sense. Yeah, they're no just having conversation. At all. And so he he literally, like, ugh, he goes down into this basement without any backup, without any kind of, like, hey, I'm going down the basement. He just just leaves, just goes right out of the room. And... He's not even supposed to be in the house yet. Yeah, and it's like, wouldn't you wait for the, the one guy who understands what's going on here? Like, at minimum, he should say, hey, there's something weird going on in there. Shuts the door, says, that's the first place we should check when Daryl gets here. But he doesn't. <laughs> he just goes wandering towards it. And then um, walks in, 
there's candles lit in the hallway, which is, I think that's a good touch because that's like creepy because no one can, like the reason why the candle's being lit and they're at the full, like they're not like burned all the way down. They're like fully, like, you know, it's a full candle at the very top, just the wick is lit is because that immediately, it, it, it intimates the fact that someone has to have recently lit this because it would have burned all the way down. Or it would at least be more melted or, you know, or they wouldn't be lit at all. But they're lit, so someone has just been there. And it's a little creepy, but then it it just, it throws it right out the window because eventually he walks into a room and there's a woman who I just, I called the entire episode just like a wannabe Dolly Parton, which is not really what they were going for necessarily, but that's what she looks a little bit like. I mean, with the blur, I had to double check that it wasn't Bonnie Somerville, and it was not, (laughs) but I thought it was her. I'm like, this yeah. poor woman's Bunny Somerville over here. This poor woman, she spends the entire episode, in the t- well, most of the episode, I should say, in, in the bathtub, mostly naked, and she's, again, they're trying to do the Baywatch thing where it's like, why did I watch the show in the beginning? Mostly, like, scantily clad people. Let's throw them some of that every once in a while. So she's in the bathtub. After a while, like, I don't even know if they were trying to be sexy, though. Uh, it's funny, because you, you say that, but it's true. Like, the more you watch Baywatch... The joke of the show was that everyone runs in slow motion, and it's like, wow, they're so attractive. Yeah, but also, like, you start watching that every episode, it's, it's like, it's part of it. It's like, it's not not very interesting to be watching, like, America's Next Top Model is like, wow, these people are so attractive. Seventh episode in, like, oh, that I- idiot looks terrible in that photo, and it's like, no, they're all still gorgeous. But it suddenly becomes like you're you're too close to the the, the field, which is what this is kind of. But yeah, like, every time they show this, to be this like woman sexy. in the tub, it's like okay, whatever, we get it. <laughs> it doesn't come across as that sexy though, because it's just like a woman bathing. I just kept thinking like, oh, she's in a tub, she's dirty and stuff. Like it's not really. She's in a tub in the 1800s. That's just disgusting. Yeah, too. she's washing herself like one of those big giant sponges that you like wash a car with, and it just felt like her hair looks like, like a big giant sponge. I mean, it's not like someone was just like, like, alright, this is probably getting a little bit too nitpicky, but like, Uh-oh. to me, when someone's in a bath and it's supposed to be like, ooh, this is so sensual, they're just sitting in a bath, enjoying the bath, drinking a glass of wine or listening to music or something. This is a woman cleaning herself. She's not, like, it's not like she's enjoying the bath. She's just cleaning her, she's like cleaning her elbow, cleaning her shoulder, cleaning here. I'm sure to some people that's like super attractive. Like, that's how people find, like, shaving legs attractive, which I find to be really gross. Oh. But a lot of people what? love that stuff. How do you get to these tangents? <laughs> what? I'm, like, oh, so you're talking about shaving legs. How? How did you get here? Uh, because that's not, it's because that's what she's being seen. I mean, she's, like, a step away from shaving the legs, but, like, she doesn't do it. Because it's the 1800s, and I guess they didn't do that, but whatever. But, like, it's, it's not sexual to me because she's cleaning herself i don't know like, okay can we just move on to like her saying one of her only lines yes but so she she's like hurry quick throw off all your clothes and get in this tub and it's like what what am i watching and then he of course is like no i don't want to do that which there's this like weird like duality where every time she asks him that which we'll get to is like 30 times He's always like, maybe next time, no thanks. And you know and what? Like, maybe he should. Like, yes! Because he keeps repeating the, like, the same mistakes. It's like, wait, why don't you just Give get in the tub shot. with her? Maybe that'll help. She's apparently the and savior of all of this. And it's always like that kind of thing. It reminds me so much of like, I don't know. This is a, another weird like tangent, I guess. But it reminds you me know? of like a, a, a Euro trip situation. Where a lot of times, like, you know, you get something... 
overtly sexual, sometimes people are like, I don't want to do that. Uh, that seems crazy. And then that's like their most, like they want to do it so bad, but they just can't admit it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the vibe he's giving there where it's like, oh, this is like too much. I don't know if I can handle it. Like, dude, I don't find that that, that interesting. If you're not even able to, like a woman is begging you to jump into the tub with her. What are you like trying to like wink at the camera? Like, it's I don't want to do that. Sexual. Right. It's weird. It's such a weird thing that he's, Trying to both play it like, ooh, that sounds sexy, but also, like, not at all. <laughs> it's like, come on, pick one or the other. And so he's like, what? And then, of course, it escalates immediately because that same prospector dude from the beginning um, bursts through the door, has weird, like, pirate-style throwing knives, uh, or, like, circus throwing knives, like, like Boothhead in Bones, <laughs> like, weird knife, and, like, just starts throwing knives at him, like, one after the other after the other, and then like, pins him to the, the wall, just like, I'm gonna kill you! And one and slices then... his shoulder, which is important to remember. Right, for later on. And then, boom, credits. <laughs> and the credits are... Yeah, I just expected the title card at the beginning, and then I was surprised by the credits. And the credits... I, a little, like, random note is also that the shadow is so intense of Mitch when he's walking towards the camera, it looks like he's wearing a cape, um, but he's not. <laughs> he's the Dark Avenger. Yes, he really, oh my god, it is the Dark Avenger. And he just comes closer and closer to the camera and then just stops and stares. And then, like, honestly, I looked down and I wrote down, like, it looks like he's wearing a cape because of the way that I, I wrote my first note. And then I must have been looking down typing that for, like, a good, like, solid two minutes. I looked up, it's on the third actor. I was like, what's <laughs> going on? I don't know how long the credits are exactly, but it feels like it's way, way too long for, like, four people in an episode. I mean, only three of them are regulars at this point. I mean... Unless there's people that I'm not seeing. No, there are some two other regulars, but they just weren't in the episode. Like, Eddie Cebrian is uh, is a regular on the show at this point. (sighs) Eddie Cebrian, what were we doing? But so, he he starts walking closer and closer to the camera. It's like, ooh. And then, that's it. That's the credits. No, (laughs) that's not it. There's also a dude saying, nights will never be the same. (laughs) Yes, of course. Oh, Jesus. And then, we cut immediately back to the cabin, where, you know... There's no explanation on how Mitch got out of that situation because he was essentially pinned to the wall, but he did, and he's running for for dear life. And then he walks into a random room, a bunch of dead people, like, passed out on, I guess, like, it's a bed and, like, the ground and some chairs, and he's like, whoa! And then there's more knife throwing, and then there's, like, a point where someone's just like, stop playing games! And it's, like, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't understand what they're trying to do here. He is sort of, like, he's supposed to be, like, lost in the in the house, like, opening up random doors, unsure of what he's doing, like, hard to find out what's going on. And then, like, he just keeps doing it. He doesn't try and, like, logic out where he left last or where he, like, came from. He just keeps, like, this. it's like if someone vaguely described to you what their, their escape the room challenge was and never explained to you what the mission was. Because, <laughs> like, he truly... It's just randomly opening doors as if he's, like, never been in someone's house before. It's not a very compelling thing, because you have a hard time following what's going on. It's basically just, like, cut to him with the woman in the tub four times in a row, because that's what happens. Well, I mean, I like the particular choice uh, that the show did, where when he is talking at a normal volume to Angie Harmon, of course, and he's talking about, like, the rooms and stuff, and they just show, like, a random exterior shot of the cabin before continuing on. (laughs) I... 
I understand why they're... That, that, I have that exact thing. It's so funny to me. I said, push into the exterior cabin shot and it's utter garbage. <laughs> and it's not just like a shot of the cabin from outside, like, you know, like a, a crazy. There's no reason for it. It's in the middle of a conversation. Right. <laughs> it's not like... It's not like it's like some beautiful, like, exterior, like, <laughs> alias-style, like, crane shot that goes from left to right downwards. It looks like someone, like, dropped the camera <laughs> and they kept that image in. <laughs> They're like, oh, we have this extra shot when, when Fred dropped the camera. Oh, oh let's just throw it here because we need an extra half second. And it's it's utter, it's <laughs> nonsense. And then she's yelling at him, like, are you in the bathroom? And he, she's like, he's like, I don't know. It's like, dude, is there a toilet? No, I'm not <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> I don't know. He's like, but I do know I'm not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> Shut up. What Shut am I watching? Dude, you're being chased by a literal, like, ghost. What are you doing? Like, I don't understand how he's possibly cracking wise at this point. And then he walks into another room with a- there's a bed with a noose hanging over the top of it. And he's like, mm. And then she says to him, it's all- it's all fake. This is all- it's- it's whatever it is. It's not- it's not you. It's just all a dream or whatever the case. She's, like, talking about the ghost part of it. And she says, maybe it's something with the lights. Or molecular imaging. <laughs> What? Fuck up, Angie Harmon. <laughs> Molecular imaging? Like, I never even. Like, what are you even. Uh... Remember, she's a scientist for this episode. Well, like, look, I understand what she's saying in the sense that, like, she's trying to come up with, like, a logical explanation. Great. I'm here for that part of it. But, like, molecular imaging makes no sense. It's. 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 That's like a PET scan. That has nothing to do with, like, what are you talking. Like, I, as, I don't work in medicine, but, like, I have enough knowledge of, like, molecular imaging means taking, like, an MRI or whatever the case. Like, if you're looking inside someone's brain. What does that have to do with what he's seeing? Like, he, did he walk into a PET scan? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and instead of, like, explaining her point of view, she just says, <laughs> tell me what you're seeing. <laughs> he starts explaining what he sees. And then they yeah. just, like, it's just two blind people explaining to each like, what's going on. Because he doesn't know, and she doesn't know, and they're just yelling at each other over the door. And that's, like, so I swear to God, that's, like, 30% of the episode until the end. Like, it's just them yelling at each other, like, I don't know where I am. I don't know where you are. Tell me more. I can't. I don't know. Well, look around. And that's, like, literally the episode for, like, the entire first half. <laughs> and then so he goes, keeps running around, keeps running around. He's confused at where he's at. And then Harmon... Andy Harmon goes for the truck because she's like immediately freaked out. So let's just ditch him. Like, <laughs> to go for the truck. And then opens the front door, walks into a 1920s or 1800s, I guess, brothel. And I, I don't know his name. It's the, he's the little person from Seinfeld. That's what I remember him from. And he's just got a, a fedora on and he's smoking a cigar and he's like, hey, get naked and come sit next to me. And I was immediately like, no, I don't want this. And it's it's supposed to be, I guess, like, this is what's going on inside the cabin is, like, she's seeing the other side of it. Like, the woman downstairs in the bath, mm-hmm. the guy who's mad at the woman is going to kill them all. You're starting to try and, like, put the pieces together, quote-unquote. But even this, they don't explain anything. It's just a little person smoking a cigar talking about having sex with her. It's so strange to me. And then they don't even really explain what went on. He just... Sort of like, he's like, hey, it'd be great if you came over here, got naked, and we could, like, you know, hook up. And she's just like, um, bye. (laughs) And then, um, I guess while Mom Mitch is running around the basement, still confused, um, there's a, well, at one point, 
there's a bunch of electricity for Angie Harmon too. Like she gets shocked or something. I don't, I don't even remember. What I exactly just, happens. I, she turns a light I on. I think blacked out until like Angie Harmon got to the tub too. I guess, and that's when uh, the the daughter of Jezebel <laughs> line was said. Listeners, listeners who haven't watched the episode, that's like fifty percent of the episode. I love it. <laughs> It really is. It's, but it's that's truly the point. Like, when I was making a joke earlier saying they were just yelling at each other over a door, that's that's the point where they stopped doing that. Like, I mean, they still do it, but it's like there's more going on. So that's what I mean. It really is so repetitive for, for the whole first two acts. It's either shouting, like, talking at a normal level, honestly, at each other, or... Yeah. Mitch, what do you see? Oh, God. And then, so, when Mitch is downstairs, he gets knifed again. This one, this, this guy just keeps coming after him. He eventually runs into the room with the, um, I think it's, I think it's the same room with a noose in it, and I guess you could call her, like, the quote-unquote madam of the brothel comes in, and then immediately, like, starts pitching, like, sleeping with him, like, hey, welcome to the, the brothel, and he's, like, still kind of like, eh, I'm not really into this. i he's not, like, fascinated by ghost sex. That would have been a more interesting, because, you know, he starts out, like, you know, necromancing is hot. Like, I would have, I would have found it so much more compelling if he was, like, being seduced by the ghosts. Like, that would at least be something... In character, considering how he, like, projects that Andrew Harmon apparently has feelings for him. It reminded me, this whole episode reminded me so strongly of Fear Itself, an episode of Buffy, in the sense that it was, like, you know, uh, everyone's stuck in a house, essentially, to some degree. Um, And it's like, you know... or, Or I guess you could also say... It's kind of like uh, where the wild things are. Is that the other episode? Yeah, it's more like Fear Itself. I think you were right. It's like a little bit of both. Like It has the plot of Buffy from where the wild things are in the Fear Itself episode. That would have been more interesting. Because, like, look, that's a stupid plot. They're just stuck having sex the whole time. Like, ugh. But it's like, look, at least I understand what's going on. Like, they have a plot. Like, Mitch's plot is just wandering the halls of the house. Or the Angel episode. <laughs> the... What the fuck is the Angel episode and with the, the episode yeah it's it's frustrating and so at one point as this madam comes in and she's like trying to seduce him he still isn't feeling it <laughs> and she gets like fucking act in the back while while she's like making a move on him and then this is one of the more insane scenes of the episode to me Mitch proceeds to use, well, at one point he's talking to Angie Harmon saying, like, describing the room, like, he does, like, 40 different times, and in this room there's a noose over the bed, and she says, it's not real, all that, like, the, the imaging bullshit, and he says, oh, it looks real, and he sticks his hand in the noose, which is a great idea, you know, if you're trying to, like, get out of a haunted house to fuck with the stuff in the house, but the, the noose immediately catches his hand, pulls him, and he's stuck in the noose, and he's freaked out, the woman comes in, tries to seduce him, the the noose pulls up and he immediately like kind of gets like kind of harangued up into the like he's a little awkward like it's almost like a uh like he's caught by his tail or something knows his arm but then as the the dude comes in and knifes the woman in order to escape the guy david hasselhoff obviously at his i guess most athletic build at this point proceeds to climb up the rope of the noose onto a beam of the home. And when I say, like, a beam of the home, like, picture, like, a fucking fixer-upper, old barn house, like, beautiful Joanna Gaines, open exposed beams over the thing. Like, they're not, like, little beams and not easy to get to. Like, in order to get that, it's like a cat climbing up half of a house. Like, it is 
gotta be a good solid nine feet in the air and he's able to get on top of the beam and i feel like when they cut to the scene where he's on the beam the house the the room suddenly feels like it's like basically like cathedral ceilings all of a sudden i'm like what am i watching i don't even remember any of that (laughs) and he and i I will try and leave a link to this scene in the in the comments because i feel like it's worth it just because it's so bonkers and then he's somehow able to get from this beam atop where the noose is being hung from in this bath this bedroom He's able to get across, again, it's like a set. I think it's maybe that's that most specific is that he's able to jump from room to room. So he's able to get from one beam and then he climbs into a different room off of a beam. It makes no sense at all, guys. Where he starts going into the tub, the bathtub room again and again and again with the bathroom. Yes, yes. But so he gets into like, a different room. In the fucking tub. It's not, it's not like it's fucking Die Hard where there's, like, you know, vents that are going from room to room. This is the 1800s, so he's able to jump from beam to beam, and I guess that, like, in this in this day and age, they didn't have a ceiling. It was just rooms with, with a big giant ceiling that were divided by room jams, which is realistically just a set. Like, that's what it was, is that he jumped from one part of the set to another part of the set, but they didn't want to explain it, so whatever. And then he's able to escape the guy. Otherwise, I mean, I don't know how he would have escaped them because he was in the room and he was up on a beam. He's not like he could jump down onto the guy. It was, it's nonsense. And so he gets out of there, jumps down, um, immediately walks right into the room with a tub where the woman's um, bathing. And then he's like, um, still no, I'm not interested in getting naked. And then she kind of invites him, leaves the room, opens a different room, the tub again. Leaves that room, opens a different I mean, room, that, the tub again. That there is a sign to take off your clothes and get in the tub to hide. Right! It's saying? like the only option. She's not trying to seduce him. She's specifically saying, this is what you need to do to, like, protect yourself. Honestly, even if she was trying to seduce him, just go with it at this point. Like, try something different. You have done nothing to change your situation, <laughs> and then you're gonna get murdered. And this <sighs> is happening. This is clearly the key. Except for it's apparently yes. not with the stupid, stupid show. Yes. And then he finds her in a separate room, finally. Um, like, after, like, 30... I mean, it looks like a million attempts at, like, trying different rooms. Um, and it all being the tub. At this time, he goes to a different room. She's not in the tub. She's just, like, sitting in a bed, like, dying. And she goes to kiss him. And then she gets axed in the back and, and officially dies. And he's like, oh! And then, again, it's more of him and Angie Harmon yelling at each other, like, where are you? Where are you? And then he's like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm in some kind of smoke. And it's just like, this is anarchy. Like, there's not even a basic premise of, like, like, I almost feel like, honestly, part of it maybe is, like, he was ad-libbing these things, but I almost feel like that's not possible. Because they're so Dorian Gregory Clark tried to be like, there are rules to this whole ghost thing. Like, no, there are not. It's not in this show. And then at one point, like, as he's saying, like, I don't know where I am, there's all kinds of smoke, he's like, and there's a breeze. And I was like, what do you know about a breeze? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? And then he's like, it's a breeze, I don't, I think, wait a minute. And also, he's like, I can't see anything. I'm like, there's tree branches right in front of you, there's a patterned wall, there's a door you just came through. There are several things you can see, we can all see them, we have your eyes. Because it's like... They're showing him in the room, so we can see things that he can see. He's just like, I don't see anything but smoke. I'm like, are you blind? Is this maybe a bigger explanation? Is that he needs glasses? a YouTube video, and we can see these things. I know. And then it it escalates to this point where oh god, wait a minute, I hear I hear wait I think that's the surf. I'm at the beach. (laughs) 
what? And instead of Angie Harmon saying, okay, he's gone full on, like, bonkers at this point, she just says... With the actual, like, ghost story at all. She doesn't fucking... No, and it truly doesn't. It truly does not. (laughs) Not in the least. Unless you would get in a better Supernatural show, like Supernatural, actually, and this show does it, and it's so awful, and there's no... Oh my god. It's like some dumb, like, wannabe David Lynch bullshit, too. And he just goes right through this, this, like, like, smoke for, like... Crib it really is. And it's like, it, it, this is where I'm saying, this is like if, if if you play Whisper Down the Lane with a David Lynch movie, this is the episode you'd end up with. <laughs> but like, he he walks through the fog and he's just straight up on the beach. And I don't mean just like on the beach, like there's water in the room. It's like the room has disappeared and they just shot exterior shots of him on the actual beach at Baywatch. Like, it makes no sense. And there's not a single, there's no door there that he came from there's no explanation like it it's just it's stupid and i and look, okay lifeguard fan and start <laughs> like do you know who i am and look he's like, you if you're angie Harmon <laughs> and you hear him saying i'm at the yeah, beach they hear the water's like, here ghost nonsense too she should be so concerned he's having like a full-on stroke <laughs> or something saying, you don't understand i miss you cannon open up he should hear that. It's it's disturbing, and he goes, "How did I get? How did I get there? How did I get there?" She's, he's like, "I don't know. There's no doors. I don't know what's going on." And he screams out, "He's like, there's a woman out here, and she looks just like you." And he goes after her, and it's like a moldy dead woman, and it's like, "Oh!" And then he, he sees a lifeguard tower. He's like, "There's a lifeguard tower," and she's like, "Oh!" And it's like, "Why are you trying to go to this lifeguard tower? You're in a haunted house at a beach." And like, guys, I could not be more like this is. The cabin is in the woods, and I don't say that, like, lightly, like, you know, it's in the woods in, like, L.A., so it's, like, Northern California or something. It's, like, in the woods, like, it looks like Tennessee or something, so it's not like there's a beach to be found anywhere. It's not even like there's a, a lake within a 10-mile radius, necessarily. It's just, like, a bunch of leaves and then trees everywhere. So, like, when you suddenly walk to a beach with, like, mountains and cliff sides near you, you should be like, oh, I'm having a full-on break with reality in this moment. And he I just seems gotten like, into the tub. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know. I guess I'm at the beach. I'm like, I don't know. I guess I'm at the beach. I'm like, explain to me a reason how you got to the beach from the cabin you were at. Explain to me one good example of how that could have happened. There's not one. There's not one. Unless you, like, drop through a hole into a different universe. And even then, I'd be freaked out. Like, you're not going to have that happen. Oh. And so he goes to this lifeguard stand, like, immediately, like, look, I'm going to ask for yeah, help. So he goes banging like, the door. who I am. I'm Mitch, I'm Mitch Buchanan, help me. And immediately there's a door, a, a, a voice that calls back to him. And it's like, you know, oh, I'm not now, I'm busy, you can't come here, I don't want to help you, or some bullshit like that. It's instantly, you're like, oh, that's, that's David Hasselhoff's voice. <laughs> like, you know, it's definitely him. Like, why is he not shocked? Look, like, I understand not everybody hears their voice recorded that often. We happen to be two people that do a podcast that I've, I've heard my voice in all of its mumbly Philadelphia goodness. But, like, I, I'm i not that shocked when I hear my voice to think, that's me. So, like, why is he so shocked by the fact that it's him when the door opens? Because uh, the door opens, it's a, it's a, uh, a version of Mitch in his full, like, Baywatch uniform. And he's like, and he pulls a knife on him, like, I'm gonna murder you! <laughs> Which is just 
so stupid. But, like, he seems shocked. I'm like, the minute he says something, I'm like, oh, it's David Hasselhoff's voice. And I'm not even, like, a fan of his, and I've followed his whole career. And I happen to recognize his voice. You could at least put on a voice, or do a deeper voice, or do something. Like, it's just, it's so nonchalantly boring. And it, it's like a it's like a graduate thesis for a film school. Like, this is so basic bullshit. And so he, he pulls a knife, the other, the not him, Mitch, pulls a knife, and then tries to stab him, and then in the, in the, like, fray, when he tries to escape the stabbing, he trips backwards over the edge of the lifeguard tower into the sand, and the sand proceeds to start falling away like it's quicksand. And we have to watch a grown man struggle to stand up in quicksand for a good five minutes. And then there's a point where he just, I don't, this is, this to me, and this is another, I'm going to also link to this clip in the, in the show notes because it's horrifying. The choice of acting that David Hasselhoff makes when he's in this quicksand is got to be some of the worst acting I've ever seen in my life. And he, he's screaming out, yeah, he's screaming out Ryan, which is Angie Harmon's character's name. And he does it in a way where he just goes, Ryan, 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 Ryan. And it's just like. What am I watching? What what if we both sit here and, like, we've gotten to this point in the episode and you're not even attempting to make this, like, probably the most intense life or death moment of the episode so far. You're not even trying to make it serious. He comes across like a complete idiot, like, goofball. And he's going, like, Ryan, Ryan. And he's, like, drowning in there. And she's like, what's wrong? Sorry, are you at the beach? We're in a cabin. <laughs> and he's drowning in quicksand. And he just goes ahead first down to the And better show, like, this scene would actually mean something. Right! Or, like, this could have happened at, like, moment 10 or whatever. And then the whole episode is him slowly drowning in quicksand. I mean, it's stupid, but at least it's more compelling than... It happens, the quicksand drowning happens within two minutes. So he falls into the quicksand, <laughs> he screams for, like, all of 20 seconds, it cuts to commercial, it comes back, he's still screaming, another 30 seconds... She says, "What's going on?" And he just slowly falls under the under the sand, and that's it. Like that's a completely compelling emotional arc that they just threw out the window because they're they wanted to get back to that cool ghost shit where he sees her in the tub, which is not very interesting. But that's what he basically goes back to doing because immediately he just shows back up inside the house, doesn't understand what happened, and it's and this is where my notes. I truly said nothing makes sense. This is incomprehensible. Oh, this is where I said my notes. Point, I hope Morris taking good notes. <laughs> so my notes are this is incomprehensible so I think that's pretty solid but then I mean like truly a door appears in on the beach like it was MS Paint like it looks like someone copy and pasted a picture of a door because you can literally I'll try and include a, a picture of the door on the beach you can see this is a little specific if you don't know how to like copy and paste in MS Paint I don't know who the hell doesn't know how to do that but maybe you've never done it if you've ever copy and pasted a picture into a picture you can see the outline of the original picture where it meets the new picture. <laughs> it's like that. It's not even like it's like slowly like morphed. It, it's oh, I just it's it's such poor editing. Like I don't know what they're doing. Someone got paid to edit this. <laughs> is what I mean, and it makes me furious. No, they got an intern to do it so they could pay Hasselhoff more. <sighs> Jesus Christ! And so I, look, I know it was like ninety eight, but like it was ninety eight. There was better on. stuff happening. You'd be better off just buying a door from Home Depot and sticking it on the beach, to be totally honest, because at least that looks real. But so this, he just sees a door on the beach, like MS Paint style, and he walks through it into the, and I guess he's in the living like, room. Spiders was doing better stuff, and Spiders was like on the down. Yeah, truly. A lot of, 
doing better stuff. And it's like, look, he walks through into this, like, living room area, whatever, and it's not like, you know, you don't know him right away that he's okay, because he still seems like he's lost in this loop. But then I guess, like, him and Angie Harmon do more arguing, and he realizes that they're close. Like, she says, like, you know, walk here, and he says, walk how here, you, and then how, the door shows how up. Are they, how are they not close before? Like, they were speaking at the same Always within screaming range. I don't know. I don't... This is, again, this is why having them being able to yell at each other the entire time takes away all of the drama of them trying to find each other because they're able to hear each other the whole time. And it, and it, and even when she does eventually hear him better, quote-unquote, like, he, she goes to the part of the room where she can hear him, I'm, of course, expecting him to be, like, in a, in a little, like, miniature version of the house or some bullshit, like, an actual Goosebumps episode would do. No, it's just arbitrary. She just is like, oh, a door just appeared in the living room. Is that where you are? <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. And he's like, oh yeah, hold on. And then he like bangs through the door and they can see each other. And this is where those like crazy filters come in. And it's like, again, truly difficult to see what's going on. Um, and I guess they, they assume that you're supposed to like, oh, what's happening? You know, I don't know what I can see. I guess this is a time warp. And then she she at some point realizes like what time is it there, and he's she says it's ten forty five here, which is like, you mean that I've been watching this in real time? <laughs> I was furious. But then he says it's noon or twelve or whatever the case, and I guess we're supposed to think it's either twelve hours different or two hours different, but they don't really clarify if it's twelve hours. Two, but also, why is that part of this at all? This is a ghost thing. Why is there like a time vortex? Well, I think it's also because of the, the he's back in time, which is okay. That also makes sense. But what would that have to do with time? Like, I know that realistically, you know, the way that the Gregorian calendar works, every so often certain hours get shaved off of a day. So maybe, like, 1045 in modern times is 12 noon in olden times. But they don't explain that. And they also don't explain, like, it would have been better off him finding, like, a fucking newspaper or some <laughs> shit. Like, that would have made more sense. Any of the time stuff. <laughs> like, they bring that up, like, hey, here's something we didn't talk about yet. It has, still has nothing to do with it. But they're like, blah, 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 we're wasting more time in the episode. Are we almost at the end yet? Yeah, hold my hand. And that's basically what just happened. And then he, she reaches out her hand, like, we have to make a physical connection for this to work. Oh and he's like, what do you mean? <coughs> and then she says, well... Um, if we, if we make a physical connection, we'll bridge the fucking time warp or some nonsense, which again, no explanation on how she figures this out, why she didn't do this originally. Also, for the record, like, what I've been thinking the whole time is if I were her, or if I were him, why are you not trying to take weapons and break down the doors? Like, why is she not trying to break down the door to get into where he's at? How is he not trying to break down the doors? And why? She's a fucking, like, detective. She should be able to at least break down a fucking basic A-frame door. Do you think that, like, obviously she was a detective in the first season. They, like, completely reboot it that she was a scientist? I don't know. And I know she's stuck in the house, so it's not like she could, like, plow the truck through the doors. She can't save the day. But she also, she's been in the kitchen. Even that fucking jug she had, she'd be better off. Take that jug out of the fridge. Why would you do that? Who does that? I don't know. Use the door handles in the fridge. Use the fridge itself. Go grab the it's a fireplace poker. Use the chairs. Do whatever you can to try and break down the door or even the walls. At this point, like your your friend is stuck there having ostensibly at at minimum a full on break with reality that and like a stroke it. or something. Me, y'all. It's crazy. And so she doesn't try any of that, but she now suddenly is like, let's just like reach my hand out and bridge the connection. And he grabs her hand after only saying, 
is this another one of your theories or are you sure? I'm like, dude, you just got quicksanded out of like literally a, a non-existent beach. Why are you questioning what she's telling you to do? Just give it a shot. Like, honestly, if I were her, I'd be like, never mind. <laughs> just walk away. I'm like, you don't believe me? And then so he, he does reach out his hand, though, and then a bunch of electricity hits again. Mitch rolls out into the front lawn, and Daryl's right there. And he's like, what the hell? Did you go in without me? And then he's like, we gotta find her, we gotta find her. And then Daryl says, in the yeah, most dead, deadpan as possible, up. that may not be possible. He showed up, finally, and... Right on time. Perfect time. And this is another editing note that I have. Which, I, again, maybe goes to the fact that the 1045 is supposed to be 12 midnight, but it's still, they don't even specify, he just says, new, he says 12. Um, they show an exterior shot of the cabin at night while she's stuck in the basement, because basically what happens is when Mitch rolls out of the, rolls down the stairs and out of the time warp or whatever, he rolls out of the cabin and he's free. She is not. She's now in the place that he was, and she's stuck in the basement. No explanation on how that happened. I don't know why. I guess because they let go of their hands later on, we kind of hear, but they don't. It's just, it's confusing. It truly is, like, if you're gonna have this, like, you know... Does this mean, like, the only way you could have ever broken the thing, there had to be two people, so if they're, like, only one person at the cabin, you're fucked? Is that... They're all- so how that girl get out in the beginning is what I'm going back to, too. <laughs> Maybe there was someone else in there the whole time that got killed? I don't know. We didn't see them. But, regardless, like, they show this exterior shot of the cabin at nighttime, and then she's in the dark in the basement and there's, like, you know, slatted windows with the moonlight coming in. The cut back to Mitch and Daryl talking about, like, getting her out. It's broad daylight. I'm like, so, what time is it? I guess we're supposed to see, like, the differences of where they're at. But, like, when Mitch was in there, they were cutting to the exterior shots and it was still daylight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm totally lost. Like, I don't... And, and the beast and is night, a, so maybe... By the way, now we have a backstory. Let's talk about the backstory of this ghost bullshit. So Daryl comes in. Like, you know, guns blazing, just like, we're gonna, we're gonna get her, but it's, it seems like it might not be possible, because what happened is, dot, 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 this old farmer dude, yeah, the well, prospecting Alfred guy, is actually a farmer. Because of course it was. Horace, Horace. What a horrible name. So he, no offense, Horace is out there, but I'm like, yo. Um, but so he says, um, Horace, they were unable to make their mortgage payments. I didn't really buy that there were mortgages in the 1800s, but I guess there might but have also, been. I don't know that like much. Jimmy thing, right? Because I, like, I feel like back then, if you owned the land, you just fucking owned the land. You just claimed yeah, it, right? Did you do it, like? I thought the reason Horace like killed everyone is because he was like, "This is a, a debt of inequity." I mean, remember? No, it was did, well, what kind of yeah. Jezebel. He like goes on and on about needing to cleanse them. Right, and that's true. But also, they originally ha- so well, yeah, we're, we're tap dancing around it. So they're, they're not able to afford their quote-unquote mortgage payment, so his wife takes up going to a brothel and working as a sex worker in order to uh, okay. make money to pay for their, like, mortgage payment. Which, okay, I kind of buy that she was willing to, to do that, but, like, again, don't really buy there's a mortgage payment. It should have just been, like, for them to pay their bills or something. Yeah. I don't know. Why say mortgage payment? But, like, like were their banks giving out mortgages in the 1800s? Like, I guess. I don't know. I'm probably talking my ass. Remember, there was, like, tons remember of what Alex but... Hamilton taught us about the bank. <sighs> yes. But so he, so he, um, gets, he's okay with it at first. Like, he, because basically, like, there's a whole bunch of exposition where, um, Angie Harmon meets the girl in the tub. And then instead of, 
inviting her into the tub because this is like a weird homophobic situation I, where she's suddenly I'm not into it. The Baywatch people weren't be like, oh yeah, have her invite her in. Oh yeah. I think the logic would have probably been that she would have gone right in because she's a woman and knows that she's worth the same. She would have been like, well, this is probably what I should be doing and she would have gone in. Honestly, the, the Angie Harmon's body language was that she was about to do it anyway. I mean, <laughs> but so... that's like all of Zolian Isles. Hey, uh, um, but allegedly, so... Angie Harmon, Harmon would not like uh, such implications cast upon exactly. her. So I'm guessing maybe they did bring that up and she said, no. absolutely not. <laughs> um, but so regardless, he, um, she is talking to this woman in the tub and instead of like the three lines that she says to Mitch again and again, Angie Harmon lets her like talk and listens to her. <laughs> so basically this is all information Mitch could have gotten 30 times over but never bothered to ask. Um, and then the lady's like, okay, so in between her and Daryl, they both kind of give a little bit of exposition. And so the lady says that, like, um, Horace, the guy Horace, came in um, with his wife, and he was okay with it. Like, Angie Harmon tries to, like, um, hyperbole it out and say, like, oh, I get it. Like, this guy came in because his wife was a, was a sex worker and trying to murder everybody here. And then um, that's the reason why this, he's the ghost is because he's just looping around trying to murder everybody who comes to the brothel. And, okay, I kind of get that. Um, it's not good, but, like, as the motivation goes, it's, it makes sense of a, a weird, like, hillbilly from the 1800s. But, like, then she says, oh, no, no, he was okay with, he was the one that brought her here in the beginning, because she's basically property to him. But then she liked it, and then wanted to stay as a sex worker there, as a broth- I, I don't like a mistress of the brothel. And, like he got mad so he came and tried to get her back and then murdered her and everybody else there it's a weird like i i kind of get it because he's a crazy person so you're not really supposed to get you know you're not really trying to get like a lot of logic from what he did but it's it's just still like you know what (laughs) like why did we watch this like why did you bring it up like she was it was her idea in the first place like it would have made more sense if he he wasn't a fan of it to start and then he murdered all these people but Regardless of that, she or, or that she got too independent and then didn't want to stay with him, that would have made more sense too. But in the end, it just he kind of cut off his nose to see his face. Like it was, she was making money and she just happened to be there more often. And he, he's like, of course, this like weird thing where he's like, oh, you know, she talked about it more and more, and and she came here and she started like staying at home less and less and blah blah blah. And he's all whiny about it and it's all stupid. But anyway, so Daryl Daryl is like telling uh, Mitch like you know let Angie Harmon talk to the ghosts and see if she can figure it out. It's like, dude, if you know the story, you should know that he's gonna eventually turn again and try and murder her along with everybody else. Yeah, he and might sympathize. Sure, that's exactly second, what happens. But he's gonna want to kill you. Exactly, but he I I guess he just wanted. He's like, look, we need to get this exposition in here sometime. So we, let this happen. Now we need to let people know how uh, Horace originally was put like stopped. Because this is what we need to discuss again. Yes. Oh, and then, well, before we go there, I just, I want to quote how absolutely, like, look, again, love Dorian Gregory, great guy on charm. trying to, like, explain, yeah, like, anything yeah. about I, It's worth quoting, yeah, because it's, it only happens at the beginning when, when they're both, like, yeah, Mitch is trying to explain to him what just happened, and he's, of course, just like, listen, Mitch, this is the way it is. So they're kind of, like, frantically talking to each other, and he says, like, what's going on? Why is this happening in this? Like, I don't understand what's going on. Um, and this is going to make no sense when I say it. Because you're going to say, what is she talking about? Without context, this means nothing. 
this was given to us watching the episode without context, and it means nothing. <laughs> like, this is truly <laughs> such poor writing that it will make no sense, so I promise as long as it's um, read out loud, you'll understand the kind of level of writing we were dealing with the whole episode. He says, The logic hasn't changed. What is haunted about a house is the place, not the time. Time is never a constant, just a place. <laughs> Uh, and this is where I was like, this is a 20 minute, this is not a 20 minute episode, this is 45 minutes, I'm gonna murder myself, and it's stuck in a house. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what's... Oh yeah, I wrote my notes when there were two David Hasselhoff, this is hell. <laughs> this is hell. It really does feel like this should have been at least a 30 minute episode, but like, it, it's interminable. Um, and so, yeah, so basically, he explains, when, when Horace shows up though, Mm-hmm. Okay, so Horace Horace shows up, and um, I, I, all of this has been kind of like Angie Harmon talking to the woman in the bath. Then Horace shows up and starts talking about his wife in real time, and this is where Daryl's sort of like, "Let her try it. Let's see if she can negotiate with these ghosts." <laughs> it's like, no. Um, and he he says, you know, the wife started out for money um, and stayed because she liked the work, and he says she came home less and less and talked about it more and more. And that's why she had to die. <laughs> Angie Harmon's like, uh. And he's like, and that's why you have to die, too. <laughs> she's like, no. <laughs> and then she just starts to run. And it just becomes. And this is where my notes would. I, I don't know. This is just me being, I guess, coy. But this, I really do feel like this explains the episode if I were trying to give it words. This is like when you're trying to look for a new board game to play. And then you read the rules. And like halfway through, your face just falls. Because you're like. No, <laughs> I can't do the rest of this. Like, the plot of this scene is basically trying to explain to you the whole premise of the episode, and you're like, this is what we waited for? This has been nonsense until this point, and this is what you're going to give us? No, <laughs> I don't like this at all. And it just becomes him chasing her with an axe again. Like, that's all we get. There's no big twist. There's no big, oh my god, this explanation makes total sense. He just starts chasing her around the house with an axe. And then, at this point, Hoff is trying to get to the front door. Daryl seems kind of, like, reticent at first. Like, I don't know that you're going to be able to get out. He's like, well, should we try? He's like, I guess. And so they both burst (laughs) through the door. I mean, that's how I'd be, though, to be totally honest. Like, look, I got out. If you want to save your friend, I'll tell you how to do it. I'm not getting stuck inside some house to get murdered. But, uh, I mean, you should be surprised that Hoff was, like, all of a sudden trying to be proactive. That didn't happen at all the rest of the episode. Exactly. And it's like, you could have done this stuff when you're... Oh. Oh, it's his fault in the first stuff. place. I know. Um, I guess technically she wanted to go in, but still. Like, he was one that went down in the basement. And so, um, he... Oh, my God. He starts trying to get through the door, and he just walks... He walks in, essentially, and eventually he finds himself with, with Angie Harmon, and they're both stuck in the basement now. Don't fully understand how that worked, because when she tried to get through that door, it was locked. But he's able to get through. Um, and he they're in the basement. I do love at one point he gets a... This is another part where it's like, why did you just wait till right now to do this? He They go back into the room with the woman who's hung. Um, and he breaks apart the bed frame and uses the bed frame to start, like, spearing the, the door. I'm like, why didn't you do that in the first place and use it as a weapon? I'm like, this dude, Horace, yes, he has a knife, but, like, and he's throwing these knives. And he's a ghost or whatever. But, like, you could certainly take him in a fight if it was a fist fight. And it's like, why would you not attempt to defend yourself? Like, what are we watching? And at this point, it's just been him running, like, it's, like, scary movie or something. And so he he starts, like, spearing the door with this big, giant, like, um, metal bed frame um, bottom. And then eventually, like, it's so... St- I do appreciate the fact that this is such, like, 90s television. 
that every time um, Hasselhoff does this, and he's really trying to get this door open, you can see the whole set, like, shake. <laughs> it's just like, oh my god. <laughs> like, I know a door would shake, and, like, the walls would probably shake anyway, but it's like, you can see it bend in a way that's clearly, like, a set. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing up top securing it. It's not shaking, it's literally, like, bending forward, because it's about to split open. And so he just starts, like, you know, like, spearing it, like, bang. I understand, like, like, I understand the budget getting lower because the ratings were lower, Absolutely. but I also imagine that the season one budget wasn't great either, and it was all just nonsense. Agreed. And having watched it, I think that was very much true. It was mostly just them on boats. I think someone owned a boat, and they, like, rented it out to them. Like, this is clearly just someone, re- they rented a house. I'm sorry. First of all, this 1890s brothel was supposed to be in New York? Whoa, 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 what? I'm reading the the damn Wikia, there's a Baywatch Wikia, and I'm clicked on this episode. I Nick remember and reading that. And find themselves transported back in time to an 1890s brothel in New York. You know, when I originally picked this episode, I did remember reading that. Because I thought it was like such an absurd situation where they're coming from L.A. to New York. And then when I watched it, I just forgot. Because it didn't obviously it didn't seem like New York and it was based in the same no, cabin. Says, the description also says that it started because they were investigating strange events at a nearby campsite. They were investigating the damn cabin. They just walked right in. And also, like... That makes no sense, because if the brothel was set in New York, why is it the same place that the guy, like, Daryl explains that, that this all happened in that in that cabin? No idea. Holy shit. <laughs> that makes no sense at all. Oh, man. This, this, this is bad. This is bad. <laughs> this, is bad. <laughs> this isn't even, like, plot holes. This is just, like, lack of plot to start. Um, but so anyway, so, so she, uh, she... They're both trying to get out of the room. He's, like, spearing the door again and again. And um, somehow they both get back out at the same time. It's not totally clear. But before we get to that part, we see this woman hanging from this noose while they're trying to escape the room, and it's, like, freaking them both out. Now, at one point they say, um, Daryl's explaining the mythology of this house and why he's decided to, to investigate. He mentions that in the end, what's saved... Well, not saved, I guess... Uh, the only person like, to survive, and Horace. yeah, yeah. Is, is this woman, this Hungarian immigrant, murdered Horace and stopped him from murdering Horace. Hungarian immigrant, like that was super important to him. Right, he says that like a Hungarian immigrant murdered Horace. It's like okay, all right, one, okay, great, good for the Hungarian immigrant, but like two, why bring that up for one? And then like why is that important to the plot? Especially when we find out later on, well, it's important because there's two parts to that sentence: is that she murdered Horace in order to stop him from murdering others, and, and it worked. She murdered him, and then hung herself. Then later we see them in this room with this woman who's hung herself, and now it may not be the same person, but there's nothing that leads us to believe it's not. The, the wig says it is. Yes, it's the woman who was in the bath the whole time. And now, when I brought up Dolly Parton earlier, it was for a good reason. Because as much as this woman is not Dolly Parton, she's certainly trying to do a very dumb impression of a Dolly Parton or someone like that. Although she's set in the 1800s. But it's the basic same, you know, if you've seen that kind of 1800s, like, um, brothel lady from the South, it's that Jezebel uh, vibe that she's going for. Where she is just this, got this big wig on. daughter of Jezebel. Yes. Oh, God. (laughs) But she's got this big blonde wig on, and she's like very bubbly it has a real thick southern accent and she's just cleaning herself in the bath so this is weird because that woman if it was a hungarian immigrant which is very possible but had no trace of a hungarian accent fully had a southern accent and it was 
truly mind-boggling. And it, and it almost goes very... Now that you say that this is supposed to be set in New York and it wasn't, I almost feel like that's a similar situation where they were going to do more with it and they ran out of budget and they said, never mind. And they never removed it from the, from the ad um, copy that was written at the same time. And then it just went out like, oh, we wrote a line about her being a Hungarian immigrant. Well, we already have the shot of him saying that, and I don't want to edit that part of it out. It's too complicated, so let's just leave it in. No one will, no one will notice. And it's like, yeah, it's like, because I see, there's also a piece on bloodydisgusting.com, like, talks about how Baywatch Nights became a horror series. And, like, its episode description for the cabin is, like, strange events in a nearby campsite, they enter a cabin, uh, brothel in New York. It says, yeah. Look, I, I get what they were trying for, if that was the case, if it was supposed to be, like, a New York thing. None of that comes across in this episode at all, though. Um, it doesn't even really feel like it's a time travel episode until you really get, like, you know, ham-fisted at the end where he's explaining that it was the 19 or 1800s. It, it doesn't really come across as that's what that was. Like, even the scene with the, with the guy from Seinfeld, it just sort of seems like a random, like... And almost like it has nothing to do with the other stuff. Like, I always feel like that scene was, like, her version of the nightmare. Like, you didn't know what was going on. Like, I mentioned Fear Itself because the reason why the episode, I think, is successful in a way this one isn't is that everyone has their own fear. It has nothing to do with the other person's fear. And that's fine. It's completely easy to follow four or five different fears if it makes sense in the situation. In this, it's all one plot, but it's so all over the place that you only can assume that it must be different sensations. It's only at the end where well, I'll get to it. He even brings up the guy smoking a cigar, even though that was her nightmare. Like, it makes no sense at all. But so, they get, they both get out somehow. It's still unclear. They both, they, they happen to break through the wall even though it's a different area than before and Daryl's able to reach his hand and he says you don't, you can't let go this time. That's what happened last time. That's how everyone almost got killed. So he, he holds on long enough. They go tumbling down the stairs again which makes no sense because they were at the bottom of the stairs to start. It the stair part of it is such a weird element. Do you, did you ever follow that either? Like why they're falling no, down the stairs? I, after the Hungarian immigrant thing again, I zoned out again because I'm like, this, what? Like, I was just so like, why is this specific that I was a Hungarian immigrant? And also like when it's basically all three times when these people escape the time warp, they fall down the stairs and then keep falling down like, out of the idiot. house onto the hill on the back of the house. Now, okay, fine, that's how that works. They're not at the top of the stairs when that happens either time. They're in a random room. It just, they suddenly, they fall and then they keep falling down the stairs out of the house. It's such a weird, again, it's another part about, I bet you that there was a plot where they both escape, they get up to the top of the stairs and they fall each time, but they couldn't, in the, in the edit, they didn't have time to, to, to make the, the footage work and they couldn't reshoot it. So they just left those scenes in and had them tumble out of the house. It's absurd. But anyway, so they get out of the house, all's well and good. But, dun dun dun, when, when Hasselhoff wakes up, well, we should say, as they are running out of the house, they're all excited to all be out of the house free, and Daryl comes running out like, I got out too, even though we don't really see how, because she was stuck in the house when she was in the living room, but that's another problem for another day. Um, behind him is Horace with the axe, and then they're all like, ah, and then he fades away, and it's like, well, why didn't he fade away before murdering that woman in the first scene? Also, what happened to that woman? Because that seems like that was years after the fact that all the other murders took place, right? Yeah, that was that might have been the like impetus of why Daryl was like, "We have to go here." They never explained that some woman got murdered at, at a house that's haunted. <laughs> like that would have should have been. Yeah, we movie. don't know any of that actually. It's nonsense. I guess people would have been being murdered there for years, and no one's even commented on that fact before. Yeah. Um, 
And also, like, does her body disappear? Well, yep. Haunted cabin. Oh, Jesus Christ. But then, of course, the the big, like, you know, the twist, the, the, the intense twist is that, oh my god, he's been asleep the whole time. It's at Jacob's Ladder. And when he... Yes, uh, getting axed in the head knocked him out. Which I don't really buy would happen. Like, honestly, you get axed in the head, okay, fine, it splits your head open, you end up in a hospital? Sure. You don't get banged with an axe hard enough to get knocked out and not end up with, like, sustained, like, a bludgeon on your head. Like, it's just not how that works. Both sides of an axe are pretty sharp. It's just, this is absurd. But he's on the on the couch or in the, the office of where he was trying to hang the axe, just, like, lying there, you know, Wizard of Oz style, like, Oh, I had a dream, and you were there, and, and your body shampoo was there from a bath, and then, uh, there's some- Oh, wait, no! Like, what is it? Because they were- What was it? She was talking about how she just got the bubbles or something? Like, I don't know if she has, like, again, her groceries are <laughs> this around. Is, this is- this is what he says, more- I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but this is what he- he wakes up, and everyone's, like, staring at him, like, are you okay? And then Daryl says, like, yeah, I was leaving, and then- um, Angie came running after me and said, oh my god, this idiot. Also, like, okay, couple things. One, oh god. Oh, <laughs> I'm trying to do this. I keep going on tangents. I promise this is gonna make sense, but so... I don't know. Well, uh, I'll hope. So, he... Let's just go back to the beginning, because this is basically, again, a Jacob's Ladder, where he has only ever been asleep the whole time. It's all been a dream. So he, um... He, he tries to hang the axe. He walks in with an axe, tries to hang the axe, hits his head, ostensibly passes out. But I guess technically we're supposed to believe that Daryl comes in, offers to bring him to the ghost thing. Mitch starts talking nonsense after Daryl leaves, then passes out. Then Angie goes to run and get him. definitely means go to the hospital. Right. And Angie comes to get him and says, whoa, 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 come back. He looks like he's, like, has a concussion. I think he's dying or something. And then Daryl comes back because Daryl says that he just he was called back into the room. Because if, if he were to pass out immediately after the axe thing, he would have never seen Daryl because Daryl came after he hit his head. Um, yeah. And then whatever the case. That's fine. That's why I, I kind of vaguely buy that. It's whatever. It's the Jacob's Ladder. Then when he's looking around the room, he's like, well, this was there, and this was there, and this was there. So there's a pack of cigars, and he says there was a little man smoking cigars. And, like, one, that was in Angie Harmon's side of things when she was up in the living room. It was not when they were in the basement that she that they saw the guy from Seinfeld smoking the cigar. So how did he know about that? Which I guess is you're supposed to say, like, it was his dream, so he saw what she was doing when he, she was upstairs? I mean, it makes sense if it was all a dream that none of it made sense, because that's how Hasselhoff slash Mitch dreams. Um, but it still was, like, not clear enough for me to take this at all at face value. Um, also, he says that, like, the bath part where, you know, we had the fake Dolly Parton in the bath is because he saw her, she has, like, a body, like, um, wash or bath salt stuff, but they're, like, little balls. It's not how any kind of bath salt I've ever seen or bath, like, bubbles work. But they're like little, like miniature bath bubbles. It's they're like pellets. They look like paintballs. It's not, oh, I've seen those before. I haven't seen them. It looks, it's strange to me. But so he, she has this little. But also, like you're saying, it's weird. That's that something that's strange to you. Well, I mean, it it, it looked a little weird because it's like in a mason jar. But it's weird that she has that in her office. Oh yeah, at work. I've seen plenty of times. Like what? What is, is there a bath at work at her in her uh, detective office? Okay. Yeah, like, why is it here? <sighs> And then there was one other thing, too. I can't remember what the third thing was. It was something odd. I guess it was the Yeah, axe. they're uh, bath bombs is what they are. Bath bombs. Yeah. Oh, I've seen bath bombs, but they're usually bigger to me. Like, they're, like, lush size, like, huge bath bombs. But 
Yeah, there are like, tiny ones. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ones. And then, um, you know, I could go find out what the third one is. It's something stupid. <laughs> I don't feel like looking. <laughs> it's probably the axe or it's something like the axe. I'm trying to think of the third room. It would have been... I don't really think they was. It was something stupid. I don't know. But, um, so he, he, there's some third thing that, like, oh, the beach. And then he's like, oh, my God, I remembered all of it. But it was all a dream. And then she's like, you're, you're crazy. She's like, she's like, are you okay? Should we take you to the hospital, basically? He's like, you should take him to the hospital. Yeah. After being asked. And then on top of that, Daryl's like, so you still come with me to this, like, uh, haunted house? And he's like, absolutely fucking not. Which, on the <laughs> one hand, like, I kind of understand. Like, that's, that's how I would probably react, too. But, like. Like, he doesn't know what you just went through. Like, come a fucking break. Just say, not today. Maybe another time. And he's like, I'm never going, ever. <laughs> just, like, calm down. And then, um, basically, like, he he wanders out of the room and then just says, like, I'm going to bed and I'm going to sleep for forever. Or No, wait, he says, I'm not going to go to sleep for a very long time. And then freeze frames on his face as he's like, like, like. Well, wait. Oh wait, wait. Another one part. The, yes. The, the revelation. <laughs> Andy Harper. The revelation. Out. Oh god, I hate it. God, sorry. So, uh, while she's like checking on him, she's like, "Wait, what happened to your arm?" And there's like the blood, and like he has a sliced arm where the knife hit him that we mentioned before. That was super important. So basically, was, he has a, a sustained real? wound from the dream, so it has to have been real. Da, 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 da. Look, he just, like, banged uh, an axe on his head. It's very possible that axe sliced his arm and he didn't notice it, because he'd just <laughs> been banged on the head. But, I mean, sure, it could have been a knife, too, that the knife was being thrown at him. But, like... That's the big, like, twist, though. And that's not nearly big enough a twist for us to have sat through, like, 30 minutes of him opening the same door again and again. Like, come on, work harder. They watch Night's Riders. Not that they really... Work harder. I don't know that they even knew what that that sentence would mean, but... Um, so yeah, and then he, then he stumbled out of the room and says, Oh my god, I can't believe... I just dealt with that. I'm never sleeping again. And Angie Harvey's just like, oh. And then it freeze frames like old school, like 90s TV did. And then the credits roll over top of his freeze framed head. <sighs> this was an interminable <laughs> Now, a lot of the times we say like something's awful, but you should still totally see it because it's hilarious. This is not one of those times. I feel like I did find um, on YouTube, there's like a, I don't know if they do this for every episode, but they did it for this one. There's, like, an episode of Baywatch Nights in four minutes. It looks like someone did it for every episode. Oh, great. That's terrific. So maybe check all of them out if you're interested. But I will certainly link to this one because I think it's probably okay to watch four minutes of it. Not a good idea to watch 40-something minutes of it. I still cannot believe this is a 40-minute episode of TV. It felt like it felt like forty minutes, but it felt like a million minutes. But like it felt like eight years. Yeah, but it, it also at the same time it had the plot of a twenty minute episode, if that. It really had the plot of a three minute episode. If you want I'm something just throwing it you yeah. with If you want something minute. that's like this but better, I would definitely recommend um either of the Buffy episodes I mentioned, even though I don't like what where the wild things are much at all. Um, Fear itself is good. I or, think or um, are you a fan of the dark? Yeah, or the um, can I, it's it's waiting in the wings, right? The angel episode. Yeah. Um, that's another great one. Um, where they're stuck in the it's ballet. Fantastic episode. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, you you want something with some like you know, um, that has like you know similar like you know ghost 
haunting people and getting trapped in places. I'm all about, like, a good episode that's like that. Like, even, like, Cabin in the Woods, the movie, has a very similar vibe in the sense that they're stuck kind of Mm -hmm. in a house. But it's way more interesting because it's, like, you know, if you're going to do something that basic as, like, you know, a haunted house, you got to have a different twist on it. This had no twist. In fact, it had less twist than a normal haunted house. You could go to the boardwalk right now and find a better haunted house. It made no sense. Yeah. As, as a twist, because, again, the brothel was in New York. <laughs> I still, I do, I genuinely feel like that was probably a typo. Like, they mis- they mistook what they were going to do, because they didn't have the time or the budget for it. There's no way this was supposed to be set in New York. They had Southern... I believe it. Also, like, why did they have Southern accents, then? Because it's a brothel, so it's, and it's 1800, so you're just, like, cowboys. That's literally it. That's the only reason why. It wouldn't matter where you are, and they would have a southern accent. Yeah, because realistically, it would. it's one thing for one of them to have a southern accent, because then they just traveled and they, like, worked at the brothel. But both her and Horace have a southern accent. And I don't think and that no I would... has a Hungarian accent, which <sighs> makes no sense, obviously. And you, and, and you also had a southern accent, the madam that comes in and tries to seduce him. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Like, what the... Like... I don't know that much about California history, but I don't know that I would buy that Californians had an accent like that in the 1800s. And yet any, like, Old West thing, Californians will have these accents. Oh, they do? Yeah, like any Old West thing. Yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe maybe that's what they were going for. Literally just, if it's old, if it's old-timey 1800s and they're cowboys or anything, cowboy just, then it's gonna have this. I buy that they have, like, a different accent than modern times, but, like... Maybe don't lean on it so heavily and make it so much a part of her character because it makes, first, the fact that she's going to be a Hungarian immigrant nonsense and it also just makes, in general, the whole situation nonsensical, especially if it's going to be set in New York, which, again, is very unclear and not at all substantiated. And I still, like, even if, okay, maybe, maybe we take it on their word and it is supposed to be set in New York and let's give them that. Explain to me. What the hell a brothel in New York from the 1800s is doing in a house in, like, Silver Lake or something? Like, I don't know what the hell's going on. It's not Silver Lake, I don't but... know. I don't, I don't know California at <laughs> you all. Understand? Yeah, you don't know Los, Los I tried. But I know it's yeah. in the Los Angeles general area, and it's not, yes, like, the beach. It is the city, and it's not the suburbs. Well, it's the 1800s, so I don't know. But, like, wherever it's supposed to be. I guess it's modern day, too. Where, were you, where do you think it would be, this house? You were right when you were, like, Northern California. Okay. So, like, something up towards, like, Monterey or something. Um, sure, even that's better. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> like what makes what makes no sense is that, like, what does that have to do with a house in that area and a New York brothel? Like, give me an example where, like, a witch opened a, a portal to, like, not the 1900s New York or something. <laughs> you know? Like... Like, it's not something that would happen arbitrarily that, like, this random house in California is connected to a 1920s or 1800s yeah, brothel in New York. It's already weird enough that they made a time vortex. Where is this, like, space vortex? <sighs> in fact, um, for the record, <laughs> I wanna, just, to, just as a good closing note, I want to just bring up the fact that according to um, <clears throat> expert ghostologist Daryl... <laughs> The logic doesn't change, guys. What's haunted about a house is the place, not the time. Oh my god. <laughs> Just the place. Time is never a constant. Uh, nothing based on this. I sh- Honestly, if I wrote that down, like fucking Bart Simpson on a wall 300 times, I'd still make no sense of that statement. Like, uh, Can I read some fun facts about the show now? Please do. 
So we're wrapping up now, guys. That was the episode. Yeah, we'll let's get on a couple little fun facts before we clean up. Uh, let's see. This, this is stuff I can find on with, uh, IMDb and stuff. At one point, David Hasselhoff hated the series title and wanted it to be called Santa Monica Nights, but the buyers insisted on a visual link with Baywatch. I mean, understandable. Honestly, was- yeah, but also, like, I'm on his side a little bit because it has nothing to do with Baywatch. But, like, it is his character, and they would bring in people True. from Baywatch. No, you're too. right on that. It is Mitch Buchanan. Honestly, Santa why Monica wasn't Mitch Buchanan? Why not just make him a new character? Like, it would have made so much more sense. It's a reboot. It's not a Baywatch. Jesus Christ. Angie Harmon was cast after she walked past David Hasselhoff on an airplane. What? (laughs) How creepy do you think that is? Very. Also, like, had she done anything before this then? Did he discover her? I mean, she was a model, right? I don't know. I don't really remember. I know she was around at this time doing other things, but this could have been. Yeah, her she first has like thing. done other sh- like she did. Oh, so maybe she was just in first class along with him, and he just. She said actually no. She'd only done an episode of Renegade. That was her first thing. Holy shit! Then, he discovery and then she played this character on Baywatch. Oh. Yeah. And then, Do you yeah. know how depressing it is that I'm at the rib- live the rest of my spot. life that David Hasselhoff discovered Angie Harmon? That's oh. disgusting. Look, I'm not her hugest fan either. Like I. I but, like, I, I think in general, like, that's really sad. Because <laughs> I don't think David Hasselhoff... Ironically, I think she's probably, in some ways, more successful than him. Um, oh, yeah. Now. He's not interpreting, obviously. Yeah, maybe not, like... As a, I don't know that I would consider her as successful as him in, like, peak career, maybe? Yeah, she was, like... She was a runway model uh, pre-acting. But, yeah, she was discovered on a plane by David Hasselhoff, which is specifically in her Wikipedia page. <sighs> Harmon began Christ. acting in 1995 after being discovered on a plane by David Hasselhoff. No, I think that, like, maybe at his height, she he was never... Or sorry, at her height, she was not his level of fame, but she certainly has a better career than him now for a long time. It's like a more respectable career. For sure. You'd say. Um, and I, I shouldn't say that. I think she's probably pretty pretty well known now, but I think it was it's no, easier like, to... No, like, respectable is sort of, like, things like she does, like, Law and Order and stuff. No, exactly. Like... And I think, in general, it's harder to be as well-known as you as anyone was in the 90s when they hit, because when you hit in the 90s, you were hitting, like, no one's ever done... Like, people have... People retired from the 90s as billionaires that, like, don't need to work anymore. Like, I'm sure David Hasselhoff probably doesn't need to work anymore. He might still attempt it. He'll probably have a cameo in this new movie that's coming out, but... Um, otherwise, he does probably not need to do anything. He has tons of money from his uh, German uh, audio sales, uh, among other things, to probably retire on. Yeah. Uh, and let's see. So, two of the writers for the show, who did not write this episode, but wrote a lot of season two's episodes, Chad and Carrie Hayes. They also wrote the remake of House of Wax, one of our favorites, of oh, course. Jesus. Friend of the show, House of Wax movie. Friend of the show! They oh. also wrote... Uh, the Disney Channel original movies, Horse Sense, and Jumping Ship. Um, nothing in my life has made more sense than you telling me that right now. Because Horse yes. Sense is one of the worst Disney Channel original movies. Friends of the show, the Lawrence the Brothers. The Lawrence Brothers. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Especially, like, the it, much more heavily featured Andy Lawrence, the lesser of the Lawrence Brothers. And <laughs> I say that, like, wrote- I don't like Joey Lawrence at all, but he's still better than Andy Lawrence because he can at least fucking act. Like, it's insane. <laughs> and that's... He also wrote The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2. What?! Yeah. What? Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. You, wait, what? <laughs> Explain this to me. Wait. 
The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2 were written by the people that wrote this episode of... No, not this episode. The other episodes of no, Baywatch Nights. No, that's the other episodes of the show, yes. Well, I guess I guess all that really says is that the rest of the episodes of the show were probably masterpieces. <laughs> because I... Honestly, I think The Conjuring is one of the best modern horror movies in recent years. I am shocked by that. Because this episode, although it wasn't written by them, which is about being in a haunted house, is awful. And I'd imagine also- a lot of the other ones that are about haunted things are probably awful as well. Like, wow. N- guys, let that be a lesson. Never give up on your dreams. Because if you can go from writing Baywatch Nights to writing The Conjuring 1 and 2, anything is possible. Literally. <laughs> oh my god. That's amazing. <laughs> That's truly shocking to me. <laughs> You'll notice I got much more quiet now because I'm like, what? You just got, like, you were excited. <laughs> I've, ru- I've written I've written college-level uh dissections of that like that's I had a horror movie class where I had to write a literal thesis on that so like I'm shocked right now damn girl oh my god like comparing The Conjuring to other things is, is easy to do because I think it's just easy to do compare The Conjuring to Horse Sense go oh I don't know I, I, would, I would need to rewatch Horse Sense again because I've only seen that like once or twice which compared to the other Disney Channel original movies is like I mean your lore it's it's your your Lawrence brother problem. God, that movie sucked so hard. Do you remember? Oh, I I well, remember I that about. Do you remember when a Disney Channel original movie came out and it wasn't good, and you just like wasted three months of waiting for it in anticipation, and you were just fucking <laughs> mad? Oh, there was a couple of times that happened, and I was just like, "What did I just wait for?" Quick, rank your least favorite <laughs> Disney Channel original movies in peak uh, decom. Phase. Give, me, give me a minute. I'll have to pull up in the last second to tell you. I think that's up there. Well, now, now explain to me if there is there a cutoff for how how late we should go because obviously new new versions of Disney Channel original movies yeah. I probably don't watch as much of. Free High School Musical. Yeah, I never off. watched High School Musical, so I guess that's up there. Me neither. I was I, I tapped out. That's one of those things people always come at me at. I'm like, that is such a you can tell how old someone is based off of whether or not they'll give High School Musical time of day, and I'm like, you'll never get me to do it. I'm sorry. Uh, Horse Sense was terrible. Um, I don't think I liked Miracle in Lane 2 that much. I think it was whatever. I think I watched it a couple times. It was very sappy. Another one I didn't like, uh, probably because of a very specific thread in this, is The Other Me. Piece of shit. <laughs> Other that goddamn Andy Lawrence I... movie. Couldn't get off Andy Lawrence's dick. Ugh. That was I was forced to do for Zenith Le Podcast. Oh my and god. I was like, wow. I was reminded how bad this movie was and how... Like, what a revelation Allison Pill was as the older sister. Oh, right. She was great. Because didn't she, like, hate him and hated his, yeah, his she's, twin? Yeah, she's a piece of shit. And I was like, yeah, thank God. Someone gets me. <laughs> uh, I didn't like Quince that much either. I, I It's it's one of those movies I like in I moments. I watched it, like, it just got once or twice in my life. They I just they repeated it, it so much, too. They played it, like, watched every day. Kimberly J. Brown, DCOM queen. Um, I think Ultimate Christmas Present is one that I didn't like at the time because they were too I, young. Yeah, I feel like year 2000 was basically like the cutoff, right? Yeah, uh, Z on the Z cool is where I was kind of like, oh, I loved it. <laughs> oh, so, so the, oh my god, Z3, I've, I've never seen I've all never of Z3. I never saw Z3. Because I've seen like bits and pieces. Saw the Z cool. I liked the Z cool. They recast Protozoa for Z3. Yes! And, like, that's what, what I mean. Doing? Well, and you, in the Z cool, when they go into like the woods and find Protozoa, I was like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of done with this. <laughs> like, I don't need to watch I mean, like, I love Lost. Protozoa, but like, come on. I just okay. I think the last one I saw was in 2004. I think Pixel Perfect was the last one I saw all the way through. Well, I should like, say I, 
I saw bits of you three. I saw like bits from Stuck in the Summer, just like whenever they showed music videos or whatever. But yeah, anyway, I didn't. So yeah, is there anything else we didn't go over? <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna have to cut all that out. <laughs> oh, we'll cut some of it out, not all. <laughs> all right, let's move on to plugs. Sam, what's up? Uh, you can find me at Twitter at Lefers, and then you can find out what I'm writing. If you want to help me pay my rent and my bills, you can uh, PayPal me, and there's information about that on my blog. So. Yes. Awesome. And then, as always, I am at Marie on Twitter. The next episode of this show, which I'm hoping will be a little bit like more of a pick-me-up than this piece of garbage was, is the um, very, I mean, I think iconic episode of um, Family Ties, A My Name is Alex. So <laughs> stay tuned for that. It's, um, it's the episode where Alex's friend, um, I guess, gets in a car accident after drunk driving, I think is what it is. I don't remember the actual Yes, it's a friend that we've never been introduced to. Right. It's season five, episode um, 23, if you need to look it up. Um, and then, um, in the meantime, you can rate, subscribe, review us on iTunes to get a drunk recap of the Entourage movie. Um, and then, and as always, you can always find us on Twitter at the Televoid, and you can email us at thetelevoid at gmail.com. And in the meantime, I think that's all for this guys. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.